Greetings and salutations, you degenerate bastards, and welcome back to the podcasting equivalent of slipping a cheeky finger in your bum hole whilst enjoying some private time. Great fun while you're doing it, but not something you can tell anyone about, and it leaves you feeling faintly dirty afterwards. Talk until the joy is gone. My name is Rooney, and when I'm gone, I want you all to build a 10-foot-tall effigy to me, depicting me in my gothic pirate finest and lit with neon lights 24-7 you know, tastefully. And here with me is the one you'll want to decapitate, burn, scatter to the four winds, and banish with silver just to be sure that he stays gone. Vampire the Reggie. <laughs> Vampire the Reggie. Yeah. <laughs> is that how we do it now, to make someone into a vampire? You just put luh. <laughs> yeah. Vampire the Reggie. <laughs> I love your very modest egotism as well. It was... Uh... Oh, well, I, I thought so, you yeah. know. I mean, if if people did want to have a 24-hour streaming channel just of a live feed of my grave, by all means, sake, I wouldn't be opposed to that. So unlike, you know, Hitler and other megalomaniacal... Megala... Megalomaniacal. That's the one. That one. <laughs> <laughs> Shits from, from history where they, you know, buried them and then dug them up and buried them somewhere secret so people couldn't go and, like, you know, worship them. You yeah. actually feel that the future of humanity needs to worship your... Exactly. I want to be like Jim Morrison, but with a cooler grave. Okay. <laughs> that's my that's my goal in life. But Jim Morrison, like, inspired people. He was quite poetic. He was, he was uh, better than you. <laughs> I mean, I inspire people. And there once was a man called Reggie. He didn't know about a YouTuber named Deji. They were both pretty shit. But at least Deji was fit. At least that's what Mrs. tells me. There you go. Poetic as well. And I made that up on the spot. It's not quite. <laughs> it's not quite Riders on the Storm, but you know, not... he didn't have to come up with that in 10 seconds. <laughs> I, he also didn't have to try and find something that rhymes with Reggie. Okay? And, and there are not many things that rhyme with Reggie. Edgy. Ed- oh, fuck. Edgy Reggie. All right, in the uh, in the remaster, yeah. <laughs> in, in the, the remix, in the second draft, in the second draft, it will become edgy rather than me talking about fucking JJ's uh, less successful brother. I was quite impressed on myself for like ooh, sixty seconds. Then I was like, "Wow!" I come up with two things off the top of my head. They were like semi funny. Like I'm, I'm on form again. I haven't been on form in months, and then I was just suddenly <laughs> speechless. Like, oh fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> it's the last two months all over again. Right, yes, yeah, that was it. You peaked right there. <laughs> Unable to react quickly or wittily. <laughs> as I just watched a podcast pass me by. <laughs> You're just like one of those old people sat on their sat on their front porch in a deck chair, just watching the world go by. Yeah. That's, that's what podcasting are like I, I actually feel. That's your podcasting style, isn't it? It's cool. No, this is a segue into my apology to you because I'm not going to apologise to the listeners because I don't think they even noticed. But my apology to you because I really haven't been pulling my weight the last couple of months. I mean, I didn't like to say anything. No, I've been turning up like nowhere near ready to go like I, like I was for like the rest of the time not year one but you know year but two year and year three year two and year three <laughs> i was on fire you were you were you were prepped like was, days in advance yeah and i was but, but it's not just the prep because i've got my prep i've always had my prep it's the fact that like i turn up and i'm ready and i'm like 
I'm locked in <laughs> and I'm reacting real quick. But the last couple of months, I've just been sat here like, uh, uh, I don't know what to say. It's what, it's what, it's what the people tune in for, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> what I say. Actually, I don't know. I don't know. I've... The numbers are all over the fucking place. I've stopped looking at them because, like, one minute, it's like there's no way we're putting those sorts of numbers. And the next minute, it's like, <laughs> what? Did anybody even listen to this fucking episode? It's like, more people have spoken to me about this episode than apparently listened to it. So okay. so for two years, we our numbers were going up, and then for two months, our numbers have been non-existent. Yeah. Well, it's, no, it's, it's been more than two months it's since we migrated over to this new hosting platform. Oh, okay. It's all being done through Spotify for podcasters. I do remember at one point you showed me, because I haven't, a peak behind the curtain, well, I've said this a million times. Yeah. I haven't looked at the numbers since October 2020. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I haven't even logged in. I don't even, I can't even log in now. It's, cause it's I don't stupid know. because we weren't getting numbers through from Spotify on yeah. the old uh, hosting service. Spotify screwed something up after like the first six months. Okay. And they were like, yeah, there's a problem. We're working with them to you fix it. You have to come it. to us if you want your numbers. Yeah. But they, uh, yeah, obviously like the, the, the technical support for our old host, we're like, we're working with them to fix it. Spotify would just sit there going, we're building our own platform. You ain't yeah. getting nothing. But now we only seem to be getting numbers from Spotify. Oh, okay. Nothing else. Oh. <laughs> so it's like, because there was like this this noticeable difference between the two. And when I logged, when I had to log in to set everything up for the new host, um, I could see the numbers on the Spotify account. And I was like, huh, okay. And now I see the numbers we're getting now. And it's like, no, we're literally just getting Spotify numbers yeah. through now. No so, Apple, no nothing else. Yeah, if you're listening to us on any other platform. We don't even know. We don't even know because we don't get, we're not even being told. Okay. So uh, so maybe all of you listen to us on Spotify moving forward. Because... I mean, this is not sponsored by Spotify podcasters because I don't know if you're picking up the tone of my feedback here, but it's not positive. No. However, if you do want us to get uh, like additional numbers and i don't know what the other benefits are of that uh we have a better idea of when we can actually turn this into a business oh yeah good point so yeah if you <laughs> if you want to help us get like get rid of our proper jobs and get a, a podcasting job get one of these influencer jobs no, um no, listen no. on listen to content, on creators. Spotify. content creators we'll be content creators we're not influencing anybody to do anything because we'll end up in prison no we can influence them to do good stuff like punch nazis yeah or me yeah <laughs> If you want to punch Nazis, by all means. By all means. Tell totally them touch extent, yeah. want you to punch Nazis. But if you take anything else from anything else we talk about in this podcast and decide that <laughs> you're influenced, please don't. Oh, no, because like they might decide they hate Chris Pratt as much as I do. Yeah, well, that's fine. But yeah, if that's, they, that's, a, that's a positive influence I can have on the world. What if they start using all kinds of like you know exotic sex toys and do themselves some damage and then we get sued? Um, I mean... What if somebody actually takes out <laughs> Boris? I'll buy him a beer. What if, some, <laughs> what if somebody goes down to the docks and cuts that float that float in prison and lets it? Now's the time to do it. It's empty. Oh, okay. Yeah, now's the the, the Biddy Stockholm or whatever it's called. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's empty at the moment because they detected Legionnaires' disease. Oh no! So they had to evacuate everyone that was on there. Uh, and like, yeah, now they have got to go through and cleanse it all, and then do a whole bunch of more checks to make sure it's safe. So if someone wants to go down there and uh, set it free to roam the seven seas. Now's the time to do it. Don't tell them touch accent yet, but no. buy some of our stickers and put them on the side of the boat. Yes. <laughs> so when it washes up on someone else's shore, then they're oh, what is this touching? What have they sent us? <laughs> and then suddenly we'll just get all kinds of hate mail. <laughs> hey, man. Any cease, interaction is good interaction. Cease and desist letters from, like, governments <laughs> across Europe. <laughs> 
Now that that's the sort of shit I would get framed and put on the walls yeah. in here. I'll yeah. take down my shit I'm and des- put up like cease and desist letters. I'm desperate to get a cease and desist letter. Um, maybe we need to just take a huge chunk of audio from from this week's film and then just chuck it halfway through the episode. See what happens. I don't know because that 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 in, that involves invoking the Disney lawyers. All right. And to be honest, they're, they're lawyers I don't want to. Uh... What we'll do is next week I'll dig out some of my uh, Games Workshop stuff and we'll just read sections of it into the microphone like your notes um we'll just skip the 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 intro next week and we'll just read from like the codex imperialis just to people and and then tag games workshop in it okay yeah (laughs) because they can send theirs out and they're only up in nottingham so if the cultists wanted to go and do like i don't know some kind of well you can't really do protests anymore but if they wanted to go up and have a polite word take a shit on their doorstep take a shit on their doorstep then you know if they wanted to go up and steal the rhino they've got outside of uh, Warhammer World and bring it back and paint it a touch of orange. Yeah, because yeah, that would look really good in Rooney's garden. It would look awesome. I mean, I'd have to like get the engine working again and drive it through my neighbour's gardens. But I'm sure they'd be okay because we'd just be blasting touching out the speakers. <laughs> just the intro on repeat. Yeah. <laughs> to circle back to why I brought numbers up in the first place. So Ooh. this is how much better and more on form I am because I'm actually circling back to things mm. instead of just getting caught up in the town. just losing threads yeah. and never never answering questions. I was listening to last week's episode and about four times I brought up something <laughs> vaguely political that, <laughs> to prove a point about what about how shady governments are and then just got lost in you and Amy going on tangents yeah. and never circled back to it. So to actually be a podcast and circle back. Circle back. Like I remember you sending me a screenshot for like Stop on my mum will shoot had like 746 yeah plays and i was just like wow if that's got that many surely like we're getting closer to our goal yeah and And then then we changed hosts and and now now we've got like 20 or something and it's Uh, like uh yeah something's not right here guys (laughs) because according to them it's going out to all these different platforms and i know that we've got Listeners on these different platforms, yeah. uh, you know, people in, in the cultist group that feed back to us when something, in particular Warren, will feed back to us if something's wrong or it's not showed up somewhere or something like that. Yeah. Um, he listens on Castbox, which I'd which never heard I'd of. Never heard of before. I'm a big shout out to Warren because yeah. if if anyone if anyone can spot something that's going wrong, it's him. Yeah, and he is on it usually within like a matter of hours, um, doing <laughs> doing post production work that uh, <laughs> yeah. he's neither paid nor nor. Uh, Thanked for, but... Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. That's why he's the Minister for Grammar, Science, um, Problems. Problems <laughs> and generally generally making us uh, look better than we are. Okay, so <laughs> we need to, yeah, absolutely, like, redeeming that cult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> redeeming the whole... I mean, seriously, guys, he is dragging you up by your bootstraps. <laughs> <laughs> So we need to do something to get our correct numbers because I don't feel like I'm going to last much longer having a normal job with normal people <laughs> anymore. Okay, fair enough. Do you remember when I launched the cult? Yeah. I can't remember. I think it was like episode 101. Um, And I was just like, I've been really reluctant to like, you know, have this podcast grow any larger or do anything with it because my life's perfect. My life's far from perfect these days, so <laughs> I'd very much like to, you know, 
make this podcast as big as possible so I can I, I love it it comes in waves it's like yeah we started out we're like yeah yeah we're gonna make this you're, you're like yeah it's gonna be huge we're gonna this is what we're gonna do and then you're like actually no quite happy in my normal life now so this can just be a There's pet project to do with life and now it's just like my life is shit it was, I need to get I need to be a rich and famous podcaster it's less to do with all round life because <laughs> I'm still quite happy in my all round life <laughs> it's more to do with my employment right <laughs> So when we Isn't first started, always? I was unemployed and struggling to even like get a reply to an email, let alone <laughs> an interview. And then I just kind of fell backwards into this job that was fucking incredible. <laughs> I laughed at, especially when I was on my four on four off shift, everything was perfect. And I was just like, I could see myself <laughs> here for another 10 years. Like, <laughs> I like these people. They seem to like me. This is all good. And now I'm not in that position anymore. And I want to go, <laughs> my dream of just like never leaving my house and <laughs> making podcasts from home <laughs> needs to become a reality because I don't want to be in a normal job. I oh, there. There I'm you go. Sure you heard, it. You heard it here first, folks. I can survive doing a normal job. Sign up to our Patreon. You don't get any additional content at the moment, but actually, no, you do because we spoke about this the other day. We have content waiting in the wings to be dumped on Patreon. Yeah. And possibly Bandcamp as well, because we, we've got a Bandcamp account now. Yeah, it's fuck I'm all on there. Still trying to figure out what the... Because what I want to do is create an episode that only goes on Bandcamp. Yeah. So completists or people that really care have to go <laughs> and pay for that one episode, right? Yeah. Just can't come up with a format that's yeah. going to... That, that I would be like, you know what? This is different from what we normally do and it's bigger and more spectacular and i expect you to pay for this yeah i just can't come up with that can't come up with something yeah <laughs> unfortunately because we, we've shot ourselves in the foot here because what what we could have done in like year one going back and editing that shit out there was almost like a there was like a, another mini episode of bloopers and, and oh, shit yeah. that we removed these days we've got so, so good at like self-censoring and self-editing that basically the stuff i cut out is, is a couple of minutes yeah. and it's usually just like noises or one of us failing to pronounce something so spectacularly badly that even I feel it needs to be yeah. cut out. There it goes past being funny. And it's <laughs> just, just be, embarrassing. Yeah. So I'm like, no, yeah, I'll take that out. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, we don't cut a lot out anymore, do we? No, we really don't. It's... I'm, I'm not here in the editing room, but when I listen back, I'm like, this I know my memory's shocking, but it <laughs> sounds almost like he just added the music on the beginning and then released it. <laughs> the longest part of editing these days is actually listening back to the whole thing to make sure there isn't anything I need oh. to do. And then there's like tweaks and stuff and balances, like usually where one of us is facing away from the microphone or something stupid like that. Yeah. But I feel like, I kind of feel like we have veered away from like, we built a brand in the first what two years of just doing this thing you said it to me a couple of months ago you said like there were about 60 episodes we did one after the other that were basically just like just we just changed the name yeah <laughs> and I, I feel like that's what everyone loved and i feel also feel like we kind of got a little bored or a little we started doing it by rote. Yeah, and then we so we were like, we need to bring guests in, we need to change it up, and we need to do this, and we need to do that, and we've done that, and I feel like we may have veered off course of the I don't brand know, cause a little Looking bit. at the very limited numbers that we actually have access to at the moment, the Jaws episode uh, had like half again the number of views uh, listens 
that like the other episodes around it did. Half. So or half again. Oh, so, so it was one like, and a half. It was like oh, it was on like well, last time I checked, it was on thirty, and the previous episode was on twenty. Okay. So you know, it, the people these are, numbers, these numbers are not like these are these are ridiculous numbers, and you know, compared to like stopping my mum will shoot at seven hundred and forty-six. Yeah, like <laughs> we 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 seemed we we seemed to have plateaued somewhere between four and five hundred. Uh, an episode. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what sort of, I didn't tell you this at the time because <laughs> yeah. I was like, these are this is good numbers. Yeah, yeah. Um, Don't tell him. <laughs> it was self sabotage it somehow. It's like even the quiet <laughs> episodes were sort of getting 200 and something. Yeah. And I was hell, like, you know, so then when we transferred that, I was like, ah, right, we're going over to, to Spotify. It's yeah. big time, you know. And we've gone over to them, and either it's completely neutered our listener base. And we are actually only getting like twenty fucking people in an episode listening. I can't be. I mean, there would be that would be hundreds of people who have suddenly just since we switched platforms have just nah not listening to it, even though it's still available on the same platforms. I think the Jaws one though is very much still on brand. We just added a guest. We just added a guest. But then we we tended to start doing like um. Pilots for like brand new pilots for, for other podcasts, brand new podcasts within the Tajik feed. Yeah, we needed to try them out. Yeah, I know, and I'm, <laughs> I'm all for that. I'm all for like, oh, we've got this idea. Okay, let's try it on Tajik, and then if it doesn't work, we if we yeah, if we don't off. like it, we can sack it off. But if we like it, then we can bring it over here and do it and put more energy into it. I'm all for that, but I also feel like we kind of need to get back to just like. The core of what this the core, is. I mean, bit. these episodes are the core of what yeah. we do. We've been doing these for like four years Just now. Just the two of us in a room. Two of us in a room talking about a film that neither particularly enjoyed. Yes, <laughs> this week, yeah. <laughs> this week, yeah. But, okay. but anyone seeing the title who's listened to our previous episodes knows what they're going to get with this yeah. because we didn't like the previous Guardians. I, yeah, I'll go out you. I'll, I'll, I'll keep my thoughts until later. So, awesome. You know. I'm, not, I'm putting it all out there because I barely have any notes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was very tired last night when I was when I was watching this. I was very tired this morning. I was making my notes. I got less than normal, but yeah, I have much less than normal. I have lots of, I have lots of trivia though because it's, it's an MCU film. Less than normal amounts of uh, positivity. Positivity. <laughs> I think that's why I have less notes because otherwise it would just be I fucking hate Chris Pratt. Why is Chris Pratt so shit? Couldn't we make this film about Chris Pratt? <laughs> why can't Drax be captain? Why can't Drax be captain? Why can't we just get rid of Star Lord and have Tony Stark? Yeah. <laughs> just Iron Man instead. Well, he can fly around space. He can fly around space, and in the comic books, he did join the Guardians. So, um, but going back to this seven hundred and forty-six. Yes. Do you think that was because we did a very niche cult film? Like you've seen the numbers. Yeah. I'm trying to figure it out now because I need to build a career. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it's because we did a very niche film that most other podcasts would look at and go, "We're not doing that." Yeah. It's because it was a it was a major Hollywood release that everyone hated. Yeah. So there's very little. I found this when I was doing my research on it. You type in, you know, trivia or anything from 99% of the films we cover, and you are deluged with stuff. There's podcasts, there's blogs, there's vlogs, there's fucking all sorts of people talking about these films. Films like Stop on My Mum Will Shoot should have been big. But they weren't, they were shit, so there's much less on it because people don't have fond memories of it. People don't get excited about it. I want to talk about the lore around it. So we could think about these Marvel episodes as our, like, calling cards. They're, like, the advertisements for Touchy. Like, 
because <laughs> people will go looking yeah. for the those oh, done Marvel films and then will come up in the list of Marvel films, right? Eventually, yes. Eventually. Like page twelve of a Google search. <laughs> no, I mean if you're searching on like Apple Podcasts, you can just type the name of the film in and it'll bring up all the Yeah, podcasts. yeah, brings up everyone that's just spoken about it. I'm I'm sure it's done it on does it on Spotify as well. Um but then those other ones are even bigger calling cards because they're bringing... There's a much smaller pool of people... Actually doing them. Yeah. Okay, so we should try and... We should pick some more obscure films to do. Okay, or I mean... Cult films, niche films, the yeah. ones that, that people know about but don't necessarily talk about. I did actually, off the back of today's film, I added two films to the, the list, Escape from New York and Escape from L.A., Okay, because of Kurt Russell. Because of Kurt Russell. Yeah. I fucking love Kurt Russell. I and enough, I love those films. I've never seen Escape from LA. I think I might have seen half of Escape from New York when I was a kid. I've only seen Escape from New York once, possibly twice. Escape from LA was one of those ones that they used to show on Sci-Fi Channel oh, okay. on like a Wednesday night every other fucking week. So I saw that in chunks, yeah. like numerous times whilst I was growing up. Okay, I'll put some thought into that. Into but they are they're good more, films, like, but yeah. More stuff. Cult. Cult sort of stuff, yeah. Or films that most other podcasts don't cover. Yeah. That we can be positive about. We could just do, we should do an episode just a list of things that other podcasts won't talk about. <laughs> Isn't that like every, in every intro? <laughs> so that's all of our intros, yeah, yeah basically. Ah, <laughs> uh, talking of intros. Talking of intros. You put your phone over there on the top of the bookcase. After it fell off. That's what fell off earlier, guys. That was us trying to catch his phone as it slid off. I'm telling you, though, these iPhone 14s are really, like, durable. Don't say that, especially when you're rubbing it on your moob. Because <laughs> it was covered in dust. This nipple just carves a line through the screen. It was covered in dust from your floor. <laughs> yeah, it does not surprise me. Right. I know you know about this. As soon as I saw this, I was like... I don't gonna... like it when you're so confident that I know something, because half the time, you can't... I know you know this. No, I've never heard that before. No. What? No, you've hate-engaged in this. Oh, Okay. Elon Musk announced his epic location for gladiator fight against Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> See? You hate engagement, right? Yeah. yeah. Elon Musk has revealed an epic location for his cage fight with Mark Zuckerberg um, has been agreed and hinted it could be one of the world's most famous monuments. Uh, <laughs> X, formerly Twitter boss, Musk challenged his meta rival to a cage fight and what first appeared to be a joke quickly became a reality after Zuckerberg accepted uh, there have been rumours that the tech moguls were working with UFC president Dana White to get the bout organised but those rumours were dispelled by Musk on Friday August the 11th uh, taken to his social media platform the Tesla and Space Boss might be SpaceX, SpaceX yeah. Boss appeared to reveal the fight will be taking place in Italy Musk also further hinted it could take place in Rome's Colosseum after a previous post read Gladiator alongside two sword emojis. People really are just projecting whatever they want. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The thing is, he knows they will do that. Yeah. He knows. Oh, yeah, he's playing the game. He's playing the game, yeah. yeah. Musk wrote, the fight will be managed by my and Zuck's foundations, not UFC. Uh, live stream will be on this platform and meta. Everything in camera frame will be ancient Rome. So nothing modern at all. I spoke to the PM of Italy and Minister of Culture. They have agreed on an epic location. Uh, everything done will pay respect to the past and present of Italy. And all proceeds go to veterans. 
His initial tweet has been liked more than 117,000 times with people clearly keen to see Musk and Zuckerberg go at it. <laughs> uh, some awful, awful, despicable <clears throat> piece of shit website called TMZ previously reported the Italian government had reached out to Zuckerberg about hosting the fight in the Colosseum. And Musk tweeted in June, some chance fight happens in Colosseum. However, Italy's Ministry of Culture later issued a statement saying, there has been no formal contact from the ministry, <laughs> nor any written document, even if the news appears tasty, it is unfounded. If Zuckerberg and Musk wanted to perform in the Colosseum, they would have to make a non-violent challenge. I don't understand. It would now appear. Oh, it would now appear the Colosseum could be an option again. <laughs> do you think this fight would actually happen, or do you think it's just one big <clears throat> marketing scheme? This is a massive marketing ploy. Of course, yeah. Oh, the the fucking muskrat tweeted it out, and then the Zucker, the fucking Zucker droid turned around and was like, okay, because he's an actual like fucking black belt. Yeah, and it's like, okay, I've won tournaments. I'm more than happy to beat your ass in public. And then he's all like, oh, it was a joke. I'll die funny. But wait, people are engaging with this. Maybe I should drag this out a bit further. And then he was like, oh, yeah, okay, right. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll lay the smack down. It'll be great. And then, again, the Zucker droid, having absolutely no sense of humor or grasp of human interaction, was just like, okay, when do I get to beat you up? <laughs> so then the muskrat was like, oh, no, I've got to have surgery on insert thing here. Uh so I can't do it. But now he keeps coming back from this. We're going, oh, yeah, we're going to do it in the Coliseum. And the Coliseum are like, no, you fucking not, because we don't do that sort of thing. It's, all, it's like the fucking Globe Theatre. They do performances. They don't have fucking gladiator matches anymore. Uh, he just keeps sort of like, Edge takes it to a certain point, the point where he would need to commit and start booking dates and contacting officials. Uh, and then he pulls back because it's like, oh, no, no, that was just a bit of marketing. Or, oh, no, my leg fell off. Oh, okay. So it's a bit like Liam and the Oasis reunion. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They get right up to the point where they would need to commit and actually do something, and then they, they pussy out. And then they call each other names publicly and then go about their business. Yeah. But what? except in this case, uh, the, the, the Zucker droid is just like, okay, well, let's do this. He is literally like waiting to do this. And I just said, yeah, okay, I'll do the fight. Because... It'll just wipe the floor with him. <laughs> Aside from marketing, hypothetically, if this went ahead, what do you think Musk and Zuckerberg would actually get out of this? I mean, Zuckerberg surely would just get to beat his ass. Oh yeah, on live stream. He just the world. gets he just gets the satisfaction of pummeling the most odious smug cunt in the world. He gets to be a Montero, right? But what does Musk get out of getting his <laughs> just getting his head kicked in? My thing is, he'll be doing like it'll be like fucking was it Rocky two. And fucking Apollo comes down, fucking Lando's coming down there, giving it all, waving the flag and all that, then gets beaten to death. It will be for him, it will be a hype thing. I think because he's he's a bit he's a bit like he falls in a similar class as old uh, the Orange Watts it and Bojo. Oh, okay. Um in that Daddy didn't say no. Ah. Uh, they were born not only with a silver spoon in their mouths, but one of their ass as well. Our silver butt plug. The silver the old silver butt plug. Uh. Um so I think he just seems to think that it will go along and nothing bad will happen to him. And that that illusion, I think, will last right up until he, he looks gets, into the Zucker yeah. cold, dead, robotic eyes. He gets hit for the first time. And yeah. they get smacked in the face for the first time and feels pain and then just gets absolutely beasted. Why Italy? 
because he knows there's no chance that that's actually going to occur. Yes, okay. absolutely. The Coliseum would be is an amazing venue for that sort of thing. Of yes, course, yeah. it'd be brilliant. All the pomp and ceremony around it, it's got a lot of history. But he also knows that uh, Italy, quite rightly, is very, very protective of, yeah, its, of, course. of its heritage assets. It's like its main tourist trap, right? Yeah, and that is, that is one of the, the, the modern wonders of the world. That yeah. is like a world heritage site. So there is no fucking way they're going to let a bunch of tech bros in there to watch these two fucking nerds beat each other up. Gonna it's not going to happen. My next question, do you think we should be using a place as historically important as the Coliseum for something so trivial and ridiculous? Oh, absolutely not. It should go to fucking Vegas or yeah. somewhere somewhere ridiculous, somewhere tacky. Yeah. It should go somewhere like that and, and it should be this massive hyped up thing. We get the get matey from fucking uh celebrity deathmatch in there to do the comparing. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. That would be pretty good. <laughs> you know, well, this is actually just gonna boil down to a celebrity deathmatch. This is just gonna be a celebrity deathmatch, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, do you uh <laughs> should we really be giving this much attention to two people? <laughs> Just because they're extremely wealthy when there are lots of important things going on in the world. <clears throat> War in Ukraine. Realistically? <laughs> realistically, probably not. Um, Isn't it everything that's wrong with the world right now? Yeah, we, we focus on all the wrong things. Yeah. And people are more interested in these two nerds potentially having a fight than they are in resolving war in the re- Ukraine, peace in the Middle East. Uh, Poverty. You know, freeing oppressed peoples all around the world dealing with whatever China is doing with all of the places around it, North Korea, uh, the fact that the world is basically on fire, uh, Rishi Sunak. There is a lot of things more important in the world we should be focusing on, but it's human nature not to focus on them. No. Could a conspiracy theorist make an argument that, you know, governments of the world are not, maybe not encouraging, but loving the fact that the world is too busy looking at celebrity culture rather than what oh, they're absolutely. actually doing, yeah. Oh, what was the thing they did the other day? Um, there was this big thing. Because I got so angry about it and still tired. Um, still tired from being that angry. No, there was there was something going on in the news and basically everyone was focused on that. Oh, there was the whole fucking disgraced BBC presenter. Oh, yeah. And it was this all big conspiracy theory. Oh, who was it? Who's been touching kids this time? I mean, it's bad. It's it's so bad that like this when you time. find out someone that the yeah. BBC has been fucking kids, everyone's just like, again, yeah. who was it this time? Um, and they were all focused on that whilst the government was passing laws to make it illegal to protest and trying to slip through laws, you know, slip through meetings discussing withdrawing us from the European Commission on Human Rights and things like that, you know. And they're slipping out these little things, but it's like, oh, but look, this thing, the BBC star touched. A man on his bum or something. He looked at a booby, and that booby may not have been over twenty-one. And then they're just like, "Yeah, we'll just slip that out." Or like when you find out about Bojo using the fat injector thing, or another kid, or it's always someone that's away from what they're doing, and they're happy to let that. They'll either make up a story to cause something, Mm. or they'll leak something like Hancock groping his fucking secretary during lockdown and stuff like that to distract from the important stuff that they're sliding through in the back doors. And I know I'm starting to sound like a certain person who emails us fairly regularly, but... Hiya. Hiya. <laughs> but in this instance, it is absolutely what they're doing. It and is. They're getting less and less subtle about it. They're becoming more and more brazen. Yeah. Because well, at the end of the are day... Are they becoming more and more brazen or are just more and more people waking up to I, the idea that it's all misdirection smoke and mirrors. I would like to think it's people waking up to it 
but my faith in humanity and just Joe Public is so, <laughs> so low at the yeah. moment. I, I I struggle to believe that anyone would even come over to piss on me if I was on fire right now. I mean, I would. That's my That's just because you want you'd get off on, on that shit. You'd yeah. be filming it. I would, yeah. You'd be getting off on that for months. You'd get blown up on a big screen so you and the birds in the cages can watch. Exclusive Patreon content. That's that's what's going on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> right, hypothetically, right, if they have the fight, yeah. Zuckerberg wins. Yeah. Do you think Bezos will step up for the for the next fight? I don't think he would. I don't think he would. I think because he's too old. He's too old and he likes to think he's better than that. Okay, but do you think there there is another like you know dickhead billionaire out there that would be like, oh, all right, you might beat Musk, but you can't beat me. I hope so. We already have Creator Clash, which is obviously content creators going and beating each other up in the ring. Yeah, I'm on board with that because I can't stand most of them. Um, same with all these YouTubers thinking they're boxers or wrestlers or whatever and yeah. going and pummeling each other. Again, I'm all for that because I can't stand most of them. But the people I hate the most are millionaires and billionaires. Billionaire bash-up. Billionaire brawl. Billionaire brawl. There's a fucking... There's a TV series. Fucking reality TV series. Watching them as they train. And then they go... The the the, the, the conclusion of the episode is them smashing the shit out of each other. Okay. Pay-per-view. I'd pay to see that. I would genuinely pay to well, watch Musk and Thingy. So we're not going to put it on BBC 2 at 6 say. It'll take the snooker off. <laughs> I was thinking more. We could, we could replace... Uh, Robot Wars with billionaire Robot brawls. I mean, billionaire brawl, millionaire mashup. I would, I would. Can I'm, you imagine watching fucking? I'm like, backing off millionaires because I don't think there's anything wrong with being a millionaire. It's just billionaires. Anyone oh, that's got, got okay. more than one billion, that's too much. But one billion is fine, <laughs> in my estimation. I would love to watch like fucking um, Rupert Murdoch and fucking Bill Gates. Oh yeah, just lay the smackdown in the ring together. No, because they're both so old, it'd have to be like jelly wrestling. Guys, you can't see the face I'm pulling right now, but... <laughs> Them two. Oh. <laughs> Budgie smugglers. Uh. <laughs> jelly wrestling. Uh. You carry on like this, you can get my bagel in your lap. <laughs> that, oh, grim. How about this? Russians turn to stone after they shot down UFO and report unearthed by moneybags Joe Rogan. I added That's another bags. one I'd like to see get beaten up in a ring. <laughs> I did the money bags, mate. No one's beaten up Joe Rogan. That guy is trained as a UFC fighter for most of his life. Yeah, but he's got old and slow since then. No, I don't know. If you, there's some videos out there of him doing these backwards. I would love to see, right, knobheads I'd like to see beating each other up, him and Andrew Tate. Oh, yes. That would but that. Because there are no winners. There are no losers, except the, the, the only winners are us watching. Yeah. <laughs> No ref, just like a no hold barred the fight to the death. Fight to the death. Who is the top G? <laughs> <laughs> Who is the alphaist of the alpha males? <laughs> I am alpha than you. <laughs> when a squad of Russian troops was buzzed by a low flying saucer shaped craft, according to CIA papers, one trigger happy soldier fired on it, provoking a deadly war of the worlds. Oh. Extraordinary claims uh, that over 20 Russian soldiers were turned to stone by an unknown extraterrestrial weapon have resurfaced after podcaster Moneybags Joe Rogan read out a 250-page CIA incident report. The original reports collated by KGB agents in the mm -hmm. late 1980s 
were later reported in the Ukrainian media and logged in a classified US intelligence document in 1993. According to Rogan, a quite low-flying spaceship in the shape of a saucer appeared above a military unit that was conducting routine training manoeuvres. Uh, somebody unexpectedly launched a surface-to-air missile and hit the UFO. It fell to Earth not far away and five short humanoids with large heads and large black eyes emerged from it. At this point, the already strange story took an even more bizarre turn. <laughs> it's stated in the testimonies by the two soldiers who remained alive Moneybags, Rogan continued, <laughs> that after freeing themselves from the debris, the aliens came close together and then merged into a single object that acquired a spherical shape. That object began to buzz and hiss sharply and then became brilliant white. I'm guessing that meant to be light. <laughs> uh, in a few seconds, the sphere grew much bigger and exploded by flaring up with an extremely bright light. Uh, at that very instant, 23 soldiers who had watched the phenomenon turned into stone poles that wild claims were made by two soldiers who say they survived the surreal incident by standing in an area that was partially shielded from the blast. The KGB report goes on to say that the remains of the UFO and the petrified soldiers were transferred to a secret scientific research institution near Moscow. It's not clear what happened to the alleged extraterrestrials. Mm. Referring to recent claims to the US Congress made by David Grush and others, he went on, uh, there's all these disclosures that are going on right now and they're very, very fascinating. It's hard to know what's true and what's not, but it's interesting that they are talking about it. What are your initial thoughts on this? That sounds like bollocks. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, that sounds like absolute bullshit. <clears throat> I've read a lot of UFO reports and I've heard a lot of stories about UFOs over the years and in none of them do the greys come out, merge into a ball, explode and turn everyone to stone. All right, there goes question three. Have you ever heard of two aliens emerging to become one before? No. Um, would someone rep- write a report like this if they didn't have evidence to back it up? Uh, <coughs> I'd like to introduce you to a, a certain rag called The Sun, <laughs> okay? Yeah, but The Sun doesn't have to answer to anyone. If a, if a KGB agent comes back to the KGB, yeah, what, who yeah, are not the most forgiving people, and says, oh, yeah, those other 23 agents, they all got turned to stone by aliens, it's, surely it's- you would need... The stone poles as proof. If this otherwise... actually came from the KGB, it's a, it's a, what do they call it? Not Mis- a false flag. Uh, missing, just missing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's purposeful misinformation. Okay. So yeah. that they can, like, okay, we've, we've written this, this, uh, this report, which is bullshit and very distinct. We're going to store it in this filing cabinet. Hope nobody steals this. And then when it's stolen, they know who exactly has access to that filing cabinet. So they know where the leak is. And that's how they work out these things. And then they don't care that it's gone out to, well, according to old Moneybags Rogan there, it went from the KGB to a Ukrainian newspaper to the CIA. Yeah. Did it actually come from the KGB? Or was it just a Ukrainian newspaper? Had a quiet day and needed some column inches to fill. Okay. You add the, from a KGB report that this reporter has seen... It was it was a very very typical thing back in the day, because nobody cared. I'm just going to say it again because I get baffled every time. The line between the things you will believe <laughs> and the things you actually use common sense. <laughs> squiggly. It is a very right? squiggly line. In yeah. some places, it loops back on itself. Because yeah. if, if if I hear a story from one person, that's bullshit. Hear that story from another person or in a different place, I'm on that, mate. It's, yeah. it's that's gospel truth. Okay. Yeah. 
That's why you can't lie to me because my, uh, you know. Okay. <laughs> At least we can stand by our claim that we've got 15% less misinformation than Joe Rogan. There we go. Yeah, because we're saying this is bullshit. <laughs> I quite like the idea that the Russians got turned to stone. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that would be the most useless defence. I mean, first of, all, first of all, assuming that like this interstellar craft that has literally travelled the gulf of space from beyond, distances beyond human comprehension to come here then flies low over Russia while they're doing the training exercise, a live fire training exercise. When was this reported? Um, like, what, the 80s? When was you mentioned? The okay. original reports collated by KGB agents in the late 1980s were later reported in the Ukrainian media there we go. and logged in a classified US intelligence document in 1993. So this is in the 80s. So somebody used a, surface to, a handheld surface-to-air missile in the 80s in Russia... So this is all I guided to shoot down this interstellar craft with technology we can't even dream of. It then it, 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 they hit it, which is ridiculous to begin with. Oh, the whole thing is ridiculous to begin with, but it's just it's degrees of ridiculousness. It flew low over Russia during a live fire training exercise. One of the Russian fucking Soviets managed to shoot it down by eye with a shitty Russian uh, service-to-air missile. It then actually damaged it enough that the craft had to land in the middle of this live fire Russian training exercise. And then they come out and rather than just zapping everybody or men in blacking them or just fucking running away, they merge together like the closing scenes of fucking uh, End of Evangelion, swell into a giant sphere and turn everyone to stone. But not everyone, because two of them were partially shielded from the blast. And they survived to report back to their KV- KGB over. Fuck off. Oh, well, when you put it like, like that. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm lost. <laughs> I can't I can't even begin to try and have a debate when you put it like that. What can I do? You can accede gracefully to my superior logic. <laughs> Move on to the next thing. <laughs> by the way, if you are one of the KGB agents and this was a genuine thing and you did write that report, by all means, reach out to us. Not Preferably not with, like, plutonium in an umbrella, though. Yeah, we don't like any of that, like, what's it called? Strychnine? Strychnine, yeah. No strychnine in my tea. Or whatever you put on that on that person's front door and wherever it was that caused that massive outrage. Yeah, just send us an email. And we can yeah. we can have a chat. It's far more civilized. Okay, this yeah. is twenty twenty three, my guy. We'll Skype you because we're not giving you our address. Yeah. <laughs> Bloke in sexual relationship with car devastated as lover is written off in accident. Look, it wasn't written off. It's just the clutch needs replacing. <laughs> But we're not going to talk about that because that makes me angry. <laughs> That's why they didn't turn up this morning. They did because they realised. <laughs> Hang on a minute. This bloke <coughs> has been fucking his car. That's how he broke the seals on his clutch. They come around last night with some luminol and a blue light. And they were like, oh, my God. <laughs> we're in my car. Looks like Jackson Pollock painting. <laughs> <laughs> There's more bodily fluid in here than the whorehouse. <laughs> and only some of it's toxic. Like... <laughs> Nathaniel from Arkansas. Nathaniel. <laughs> Wait, from Arkansas? Oh, no, that says it all, yeah. 
Nathaniel from Arkansas in the US has revealed his intimate relationship with his red 1998 Chevy Monte Carlo is over after his lover had to be scrapped four years ago. I mean, if you're fucking the car, you should really be taking better care of it than that. Uh, Nathaniel from Arkansas, US, lifted the lid on his love life with his vehicle, Chase, a red 1998 Chevy Monte Carlo, 10 years ago in a TLC show called My Strange Addiction. <laughs> then, Have you ever watched that, by the way? Uh, maybe once. It's older, brilliant. He was addicted to eating glass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The then 27-year-old believed it was love at first sight when he discovered the Hot Wheels uh, dealership in 2005. There's a picture of him kissing his car. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that episode. Oh, really? Yeah. He described an instant spark between him and the car before things (laughs) became intimate with a pair. That's an ugly car. Having favourite sex positions. Yeah, there was a picture of it. It's disgusting. It's like a a Mondeo cosplaying as a sports car. It's like a Mondeo had a love affair with a, a Sierra. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's not a good-looking car. However, the car was involved in an accident after going into a garage for maintenance and had to be written off, leaving Nathaniel devastated. Is that how they do abortions in car world? <laughs> <laughs> it's the equivalent of pushing her down the stairs. Couldn't find a clothes hanger big enough, so she just had to take her to the garage, and she was written off after an... Accident. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I accidentally dropped my uh, moving chainsaw on the engine and there's no more uh, car. Yeah, it's all over. The, uh, uh, she just stopped across the train tracks in front of that freight train. TLC shared a recent interview with Nathaniel on their Instagram page where he said, I think people will be surprised to hear that Chase isn't a part of my life anymore. Nope. Um, <laughs> Absolutely yeah. not surprised. He added, when you last saw me a decade ago, I was in... I was in an intimate relationship with my car, Chase. He said the vehicle, who he refers to as him, was written off four years ago. I still think about it a lot, and it breaks my heart that he's not here, he said in his update. I feel like he deserved better. Nathaniel offered this his update from his bedroom, which has become a shrine to Chase, with the bedding bearing his image and with pictures of the couple dotted around the walls. The headboard is even a red car bonnet. Oh. The bedroom is just a special place, and I felt like it was that was the perfect place for him, uh, and to have him close to me. Nathaniel added, "Wait, wait, 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 wait. So that's the car's bonnet. Yeah, that's that's kind of like you have a you have a girlfriend. She dies while you're in a relationship with her, and you get like her jawbone mounted above your bed. That is macabre. You look back, get and it, re- get yeah. it, macabre. Yeah, it. <laughs> you, know, I'd already decided to just." <laughs> Go straight back in once you finish, sorry. You look back and realise the things you take for granted until it's too late, Nathaniel tearfully said. <laughs> Although he said he still thinks about Chase, he said he's moved on with several other car lovers, but these were just flings. Nathaniel experiences objectophilia, a term to describe those who develop a strong emotional and sexual relationship with an inanimate object. Could you ever see yourself developing some objectophilia? You do like... You do get kind of attached i do i do form emotional attachments to what on earth have you done to your leg no idea I, I, that's yeah that's disgusting <laughs> yeah have some aids <laughs> what the fuck he literally just what he's got he's discovered a cut on his leg which is bleeding he licked his fingers i didn't the, lick my fingers no that's no. kind of even worse 
So you literally just rubbed the blood around your leg with your fingers and then wiped your finger on my shoe. Yeah, we're blood brothers now. Well, well you and my fucking converse are, yeah. <laughs> you, I mean, looking at the state of these converse, I'd be more worried about what you've caught. <laughs> I've got objectophilia now. You've got objectophilia. He's going to be trying to fuck my left converse. Jesus H. Christ. How do you know you've been friends with someone for too long? Yeah. They're happy wiping their blood on you. <laughs> Jesus. Join us on Patreon for Join even more <laughs> bodily fluid exchanges. Yeah. yeah, next time we'll film it, guys. <laughs> next time I'll do it on his face. Oh, right. oh Jesus. <laughs> Could you ever see yourself developing some objectophilia? Because you do, you, you're a collector. I am. And you tend to get I attached. do get emotionally invested in, in inanimate, some of inanimate objects, cars in particular. Yeah. I mean, but you give them names. You, I give them names. I dress them up. Yeah. I take them out to nice places. Some of them have been featured in car shows. Um, I've never wanted to put my dick in them, though. I've never even wanted to slip a cheeky finger, if I'm being totally honest. It doesn't have to be, uh, I suppose. Is it there, kind of does. That's, that's Aside from a car, though, there's got to be something that you have felt like, oh, I could fuck that. Knowing you as well as I do. No, <laughs> knowing you well enough to, like, you know, wipe my blood on your shirt. I mean, un unless it's a... Uh, uh, <laughs> unless it's a rubber glove stuffed with a sock. <laughs> um, the odd apple pie. The odd apple know. pie, perhaps a warm donut if I'm feeling particularly kinky. Fleshlight? Um, Fuck that. Fleshlight? I mean, that's that's why re the real reason Nathaniel has stopped, because he's realised he doesn't have to put his dick yeah. in an exhaust anymore. He can just buy a fleshlight. Or you can probably get a car-shaped fleshlight. Put the flashlight. Kind of tempted to Google that. In the exhaust. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. You know, that's what the real accident was. Yeah. They put it in there, couldn't get it out, so the engine couldn't run. Uh. Um But no, I can I can hand on heart say I've never wanted to fuck an inanimate object like that. Okay. Why do you think he projected a male image onto his car? I'm uh. assuming it's because he's gay. He may I... not he may not acknowledge that fact, but he quite clearly is. I mean I did obviously jump to that conclusion, but then I've kind of stopped myself and thought are the normal sexual roles <laughs> still pertinent? Do they carry over to... In objectophilia? In what is a uh, yeah. genderless... It's an absolutely genderless and sexless object. That you, I suppose it's the anthropomorphization... I can't say that word. Anthropomorphization. That one, yeah. Fucking hell. I, <laughs> I hate that word. Very it's a great slowly. word and I love the concept, but... It's a horrible word to say. Very slowly broken down into individual syllables. Yeah, that's the only way to say it, because there's too many fucking syllables. Um, I suppose that, that's... You're, you're, you're taking something which is, is inherently genderless and sexless, and you are applying... Projecting. Yeah, you are projecting these these, these humanoid values yeah. almost onto it. So I suppose it depends... That's probably a good way of figuring out, you know, which way you swing... Because yeah. if you feel a particular way about an object and you you personify it as being a particular gender, then that's probably an indication that you're not even aware of yourself. Crap, I named my guitar now. I mean, you did. Crap. But you also treated it like shit. Yeah. So I don't think we have anything to worry about there. I never once put it in a cage, which just goes to show. <laughs> you did leave it in a pig shed, though. <laughs> Yeah, but the door was unlocked. It could have got in and out. Could have got, could have left any time it wanted to. It enjoyed being in that pig shed. There was no Dom sub <laughs> subtext of that. <laughs> no, the way that you used to strap it on and then peg it. You used to plug that hole regularly. You ran your hands all up and down its shaft. You used to play with its head. 
I mean, come on, my guy. If playing guitar is not homosexual, I don't know what is. It's all right, though, because I named my acoustic Fran, and that's... um, I know a Fran. (laughs) She doesn't listen. (laughs) 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 I was thinking more Fran here. All right, okay. (laughs) I thought you'd make the connection. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've forgotten that he's a guy. Why does it always rain on me? (laughs) Is it because Reggie is masturbating? I'm back, people. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, Reoffender. How do you think they got intimate? Aside from like the obvious dick in the exhaust pipe and the picture I showed you of him, him kissing, the, kissing bumper. the bumper. Like, how do you think he just sat in the I'm car? I think I've ever kissed any of my cars. <laughs> I think I did kiss the steering wheel on my Roadster once when I got into a drag race with a BMW and smoked it. <laughs> and I was like, yes. Um, Okay, so winning gives you sexual Winning gives me sexual pleasure. Okay. It's just a shame I don't get to do it more often. That's why you keep organising games nights. That's why I keep organising games nights, yeah. And I keep getting getting the ump at the end of them because I don't win. (laughs) Yeah. Amy's just like, well, you didn't win. You didn't win? Sorry. It's the (laughs) 12-incher. I don't know. It's the exhaust pipe for you tonight. (laughs) (laughs) You've got lots of leather and there's the gear stick, which is kind of phallic. So you think he's given a handjob to the gear stick whilst he gives himself a handjob? Yeah, yeah, I, that's what I'm <laughs> thinking. Although people, he'd have to be left-handed to do that, or sat in the passenger seat. He could be sat in any seat he wants. Yeah, but the gear stick's at the front. Or would you think he's, like, cut a hole in the back seat and he just lays down flat and just... Oh, no, I hadn't thought of that. That's grim. Imagine, like, you're giving your mum a lift. Oh, your seat's wet back here. Is it leaking? No, ma'am! Sit in the other seat! Oh, my God! Told you not to sit on Chase's special seat! <laughs> oh, my God, this last time I'll give you a lift anywhere! <laughs> Told you to leave the blue light, black light, wherever it's called at home! <laughs> Fuck's sake! No, don't open the glove box, ma'am! Let's <laughs> chase special race! So I deposit my... <laughs> <laughs> She opens it, it's just thick, dried cum everywhere. Oh, you just imagine him just out there, like, waxing it, just spending hours back and forth, back and forth. I never, until you said it, I never really considered this. Like, when that episode aired, how do you think his parents felt? <laughs> his, his family are just like, oh, for the love of fuck. That's, your, that's my sister's boy yeah. on TV admitting he fucks his car. His boy car. <laughs> oh, Lord. We can't go to church anymore. we got to find a new church, Ma. <laughs> your extended family thought they had it bad. <laughs> <laughs> this is why he don't want sex with Uncle Joe no more. He fucking damn car. Is my ass so bad? <laughs> that's my sister's boy. Thinks he's a vampire, <laughs> ghostbuster, and a pirate. No, yeah, yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. No, yeah, they probably did. They, I can imagine them doing it. Oh, fucking! Have you seen what he's posted now? So, right. my extended family are just like that's my sister's boy. He's a cunt. My extended family are so vanilla that it's really not surprising that you know I do anything slightly out of the. What do you mean you didn't go to a garden centre at the weekend and post pictures of planted? What do you mean you're not repainting the living room wall on a Sunday? And I'm just like, well, I did something fun. Look, I made this. No, 
no outside of the societal norms. I don't know which member of my family sounds like that, but because they're all from Harlow, apart from the ones that are from fucking London, none of them sound like that. I'm I'm the poshest spoken person in my family, so <laughs> that's a faux posh. <laughs> and that's faux posh. That's not real posh. No. This is learned. <laughs> this is learned after college, mate. Um, <laughs> you and Casey went to the same class. <laughs> She knows. <laughs> oh, mate. I, I mean, to be fair, I know I'm in good company because yeah. you know, she does she does her faux posh as well. And and she's far more intelligent than I am. Yeah, so she's, she's the best of all of us. Yeah, she is the best of us. Ever and Warren are just keeping this cult of bath balls. There's the rest of us just trying to pull it into yeah. the gutter and they're like, no, we shan't. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean you won't? No, we shan't. We shall not. You bloody will. <laughs> Elfum. <laughs> yeah, fucking elf. <laughs> Can we like <laughs> in the in the English language, right? A th is normally pronounced like th. Yeah, right? the, yeah, the the, the soft th. T. Yeah. So there's no conceivable way it could ever be Elton. No. With a h in there. No. Okay. It, it absolutely should not be. There should be no H in there. Yeah. So just everybody that lives there is thick. <laughs> my guy, my guy, these are a little bit closer than the people in Scotland. Okay? They can okay. literally just get on the train and be here in 20 minutes. All right. So all the people, we'll just beep that. All the people that live there are intellectually challenged. Intellectually challenged. Because now they're trying to spell intellectually challenged in fucking Google on their smartphones. It's uh, C-H. So that should be a chur, but we're going <laughs> to... Kahalange? Challenged. What is Kahalange when it's at home? Alexa, explain intellectually Kahalanged. Alexa! Alexa! Oh, oh I don't have an Alexa. Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> Woof! Not you, Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> no, their daughter's just like, what? Yeah. Can't you ask Khaleesi instead? <laughs> <laughs> or the princess. Oh. <laughs> Ask Iron Man. <laughs> or Elsa. Yes, I don't know. I've told you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to spoons. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I used to work here, you know. <laughs> I wasn't actually directing that at him. Me neither until I had a good punch. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, how long have we been going? We can't. He can't go out of that spoon anyway. He burns them all down yeah, when he, he leaves. Does, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, we're about an hour. Oh, that's okay. So we watched. Um, yeah, something... off the back of that. <laughs> I thought we did all the touchy greats this week. I thought we did. So we opened with like. I can't even remember now. You, That's you how bad set me off on a fucking rant. We open with a bit of like you know anti-Musk, anti-Zuckerberg kind of like yeah, punching up. people. Yeah, yeah. Then we moved on to the paranormal and laughing at Joe Rogan, which are both foundations. Uh, both, yeah, of this foundations of this pod. And then we ended with filth. Like what? Yeah. What more can I do? And and we went off on a wild tangent. Yeah, which we are back. We are apparently so. Spread the word. Spread the word, motherfuckers.
Tuck Only listen to this episode because next week <laughs> yeah. you could all go wrong again. No, no, we're all right. As long as, like, you know, I don't have any more health difficulties, no one else dies, I don't I don't fall into another depression. We're all good. Don't need to change jobs. Yeah. We're all I don't get made redundant again. Lose <laughs> <laughs> contact with people. I'm like, yeah, we're all good. We're all good. Yeah. You know, in this fragile house of cards, yeah. as long as there's not a gentle breeze or a slight nudge at the table, everything's good. <laughs> we're going to be on foam. Forever. <laughs> well, I, get, I get really tired of being the, the 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 stable one in the various relationships that I've established with other people. Well, you should, you know. I'm, I don't know if you people have picked up, but I'm not stable, okay? Look at my hobbies, my pastimes, and the things that trigger me. I am not the stable one in any given relationship. Yeah, everybody has, has just cast me in that role. You've met my family. <laughs> yeah. You've met my fiancé. You've met you. <laughs> You've met our friends. <laughs> I'm desperately reaching out, making connections to sensible, stable people. Warren, Casey. <laughs> we need Warren, Warren, Casey, our teacher friend. Yeah. It's like these are the normals in my life. <sighs> that's, what I'm do- that's what I'm really doing now these days. People think I've given up cosplaying. I haven't. I'm now cosplaying as a normal. <laughs> Desperately trying to balance out the other half of my social circle. You attract what you are, though, right? You attract your tribe. So the fact you attracted me and Amy means that you've got some real, really well-hidden like mental health issues going on. <laughs> One day I'm just going to snap. Yeah. I'm just going to walk up to me. I'm going to be in an adult nappy. <laughs> sucking on my thumb, speaking in baby tongues. <laughs> or you're just gonna rock up and I'm gonna be dressed head to toe with fucking uh next <laughs> polo shirt, deck shoes, chinos. <laughs> you took this normal cosplaying a bit far, right? Because now no. you're just cosplaying as a cunt. Sorry, I'm just going to brunch. Do you mind? Yeah. I've got a contractor coming around later to give me a quote for some decking. <laughs> But can't Ash do it? No, no. No, I'm... no. A proper contractor. <laughs> Not some scrubby ruffian like him. <laughs> He's just going to like be lazy and try and talk about Warhammer half the time. <laughs> He's just going to bring all of his 3D printed Battlefleet Gothic models over to show off. He's going to bring all of his secret hobbies to the table <laughs> for me to hang out. Yeah, the hobbits. The hobbits? The hobbies. I had no idea he was into until something that slipped at a fucking Tajigi Today episode a few months back. And then it was like, hang on a minute, you're actually a massive Warhammer nerd. Yeah. When did this happen? He's like, I've been playing it for years, mate. Yeah, look, I, I took all the chapter-approved fucking stuff, got it printed in a book. You've seen all this stuff. I got all this stuff from a German 3D printer. It's amazing. And I'm just like, the fuck did this come from? And that, and like, I know you two... Probably- sorry for outing you, Mr. Vanilla. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> he, he loves anime as well. <laughs> he um- does, <laughs> And this is why, like, I know you two probably think, oh, we should keep this to a minimum (laughs) before recording or during recording or whatever. But I'm quite happy. I'm sat there like (laughs) my two favourite people in the world are bonding. (laughs) Unfortunately, they're bonding over something I have no clue about. They're bonding. And that is the most important That's the important thing. (laughs) I always knew he was like a secret geek. I just knew I had to get you two in the room together. I had no idea. I just thought he was like a fucking Grebo. No. I thought he was a Grebo that grew up. Especially given, you know, <laughs> Casey Vanilla's roots. Yeah, yeah. I just assumed, oh, well, that's, that's no, how they... Is, he is, he's a, he's a great group I grew up. But... I, I swear I've seen him wearing Von Dutch hats and things. Yeah. yeah. He's, 
He's a bit like in some ways he's very much like me. He walks the two kind of lines up, <laughs> but in other ways he's basically just a clone of you, of the you I met years ago. What a poor sod. Yeah, I know. <laughs> God, I got a lot more time for Ash these days. <laughs> That's why he comes and fits. <laughs> That's so why he fits in so well. Yeah. yeah. Right. So. So we watched something parading as a film this week. Yeah, we need to stop blowing smoke up Mr. Vanilla's ass. Yeah, because he'll be able to do it himself next week. Yes. Um, He's had a rib removed, especially. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, we watched. Um, <laughs> that's the rumor we're starting here. That's, that's the next rumor. rumor. Yeah. Um, we we watched uh, another low point in the MCU, at least I, as far as we're concerned. Put it this way: I had, before last night, I had never seen this film before. Really? Yeah. Because oh. I hated the first one so much, I was like, I can anything I'm missing from this film, I can work out. I can figure out. Yeah. yeah there's nothing. There's nothing really important. Just. To the overarching MCU in this film. Oh, there's there's slight hints at Thanos. There's Nebula. Yeah, I suppose the, the Nebula storyline. But I kind of I, I filled in the blanks myself when I watched. Yeah, Infinity War and Endgame enough that it didn't detract from. Me. I can just I, I can just do like I've been doing with most of the MCU series and get read the uh, the, the summaries synopsis, yeah. on fucking uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> And I know all I need to do with that, having to sit through 40 hours of filler material. Oh, yeah. I'd like to uh, officially announce that post-Endgame probably won't continue our, our quest yeah. for the MCU. That journey through the MCU ends where the MCU arguably should have ended yeah. with Endgame. Because, unless you know, I go, the name. Unless I do any, see any, like, Doctor Strange... Spider-Man films that I'm like that are particularly good. We'll, we'll deal we with them as a standalone. As a, yeah, as a one-off. Yeah, we won't be doing it because uh, we're, we're we're at breaking point here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the verge of of burning down the MCU office. No, I just gotta hold it together till like February or something. I think. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. So this obviously is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, which really annoyingly, I like the naming convention. The fact well, that they based it around the evol- and then yeah. the, the most recent one, which I haven't seen, is Volume Three. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. One of the few things I do like about the film. Okay, but we have we have a load of uh, trivia because it's an MCU film, so I'll get into that. It was released the tenth of April, twenty seventeen, in Tokyo. The fifth of May, everywhere else. Hmm. I don't know why. I meant to I meant to dig further into that, but as I said, I was very tired when I was making my notes. I'm assuming that <laughs> Japan's got its own whole ecosystem of yeah, films and stuff. Well I imagine there's probably something else coming out in May and then so in order to capitalise on this, yeah. they'll release it a month. Oh, it was part of some promo or something. Yeah. But uh yeah. So it was effectively the fifth of May. Yeah. I do remember that coming out as well. Um had a budget. Of 200 million US dollars. Yeah, you see every penny of it. Yeah, it, it looks like 200 million dollars worth of movie. At the box office, it made 869.8 million US dollars. So 669.8 million dollars. Yes. Easiest maths I've ever done. That was, that was, even <laughs> I could have done that yeah. maths. But uh, yeah, that, I mean, again, big bucks. Yeah. Um, no wonder there's a volume three. Pretty close to the, uh, the big B mark as well. Yeah. But not quite. Not quite Barbie, but nearly. <clears throat> not quite. Uh, written and directed by James Gunn, obviously. Uh, based on Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, this is the, the reboot version of Guardians of the Galaxy by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning. So you should technically be predisposed to liking I, it a little bit. I right? get, again, I should. And I looked. Uh, we went to Waterstones yesterday. Yeah. 
and I was looking at the graphic novel section and right there is one of the Guardians of the Galaxy trade paperbacks and it's got the list of all the people there and again it's got Dan Abnett and I'm just like I should and I just I kind of picked it up and I flicked through and I flicked through a couple of them there was a there was a Blade Runner there's a series of Blade Runner comics oh yeah that's shocking and I was like what the fuck I picked up one of those and I was like yes it's ten I'm not, you know I'm a bit of a fiend for cyberpunk and I love me some Blade Runner I'm just flicking through and I'm like, this just looks like generic comic books to me. I just can't, I can't engage with it. Okay. So I just put it back. I wouldn't even have to pay for it. Amy was paying yesterday. And you didn't invite me. <laughs> Surely they had like a Doctor Strange or something you could have picked up for me. I didn't even think of that, actually. Oh. I could have picked up for me. Man, um, so, so forgettable. Yep. Yep. Infinitely so. Mm. If you were a shiny red car from the 90s, maybe. But, you know, I can't kiss your bumper. <laughs> <laughs> Starring. <laughs> I mean, you could, but that's just rimming. That's just yeah, and this is rimming at that point. <laughs> I can't make a hole in your back seat. <laughs> There's already one there, and I ain't putting anything in there. Oh, I've had enough stuff up there this week. This is one. Starring. Chris Pat. Chris Pat. Oh, fuck's sake. Chris Pratt. <laughs> that's the wish.com. That's version. the wish.com. It's probably better. Yeah. Um, Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista. I hate that name. Um, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, Michael Rooker, Karen Gillan. Got her name wrong twice there. Pom, fuck's sake, Pom Clementiev. Clementiev? Uh, Warren, Sylvester Stallone and Kurt Russell. Ah. Elizabeth. There's someone I'd never heard of her before, but I, I took a her up earlier because I didn't know who she was. The leader of the Is that the, the gorgeous gold lady? Yeah. Yeah, I've got a mention of her specifically in here. I thought she was Sansa Stark. But then I saw I oh, no, it up and it wasn't no. Sansa Stark. <clears throat> no. um, when director James Gunn was writing the script for the movie and proposed the idea of Ego the Living Planet being Star-Lord's father, Marvel told him they did not have the rights to the character. The rights belonged to 20th Century Fox oh. because of his ties to the Fantastic Four and Silver Surfer franchises. Since Gunn had no other characters in mind for Star-Lord's father, he had to ask Fox if he could use the character. Fortunately, Fox agreed to let Marvel have Ego in return for Fox gaining more creative freedom over Negasonic Teenage Warhead's set of superpowers in Deadpool. Okay. Is that why she's in... Yeah, that, and that's why that character appears. Yes. When they, don't, when they barely use any of the other X-Men. Yeah. Oh, okay. They picked a relatively minor one, and they were like, "Okay, well, you want ego for this big film you're making? Yeah, you we want trade. to, yeah, take liberties." Oh, okay. uh, Prop master Russell Bobbitt had difficulty finding the cassette decks used in the first film, and all of the Sony Walkman headphones they found were broken. Bobbitt contacted Sony to see if they had any available for filming, but they did not. So he eventually had to create six from scratch. Why would they need to work? I don't know why they... I'm assuming they were physically broken. Oh, okay. Um, but you can buy cheap replica... Well, I say this. I needed a set of old-school headphones like that uh, several years ago for a part of a Ghostbuster cosplay. And I saw them online. I was like, oh, I bookmarked a bunch of them. Like, yeah, pick them up for like three quid. And they're the shitty 80s over-the-head yeah. ones with the foam pads on them, just like Star-Lord uses in this. Then Guardians of the Galaxy came out. Oh, and a little while later, I went back to order it, and the prices had gone up like tenfold. Oh. And I was like, I am not paying 25 quid for a pair of shitty 80s headphones just because they look like the ones that Star Lord used. Yeah. And I was Why? like, nope. Oh my God, that was. 
That blows my mind more than a guy <laughs> making love to his car. Uh, <laughs> in a world of AirPods and in a yep. world of like noise cancelling, just yeah. even normal headphones with the, with the cords, people would like this set of films so much that they would go and buy it. They'd buy them for show. It's the same reason, well, one of the reasons that Walkmans have, have had a resurgence of nostalgia recently. Like the one, I mean, this is a brand new one rather yeah. than an uh, old one. But I figured, yeah, again, in 12 years ago when I looked at a Walkman, I can't remember why I looked at one, um, and I considered buying one. You could pick one up, you know, an authentic 80s, 90, late 80s to mid 90s sort of one for like about a fiver. Okay. And I was like, yeah, and yeah, less than that if you if you're willing to be a bit patient. When I came to get one recently, because uh, for some reason I bought a tape, bought a cassette tape, an audio cassette tape, and I needed something to play it on. Uh, when I came to look at them lately, you can't get them for less than like twenty five quid. Okay. And I was like, oh, well, I can pay twenty five quid for one that's at this point like fucking forty years old, or I can pay twenty pound ninety nine for a brand new one that can be powered by USB. Like, well, a bit of a no-brainer. But, yeah. I kind of, like, in modern terms, it's probably a bit like when I worked at Virgin. Vinyl was on its way out. Yeah. People were, yeah. They were in that weird grey area where, pe- where they were still making it and sending it out to the shops. Yeah. But only very few of us were still buying it. So you could buy a brand-new album on vinyl for less than a tenner. Yeah. Now you can't, if you wanted to buy a brand new album on vinyl, you're talking 30 quid. Yeah. I was looking the other day because I was like, oh, vinyl. Last time I looked at vinyl, it was well cheap. Mm. I don't want a picture disc, I just want standard ones. And I pulled out, pulled out something. I was like, yeah, I own that. And it's like, Let me have a look. you want nearly 40 quid? Fuck off. That album's 20 years old. I spent a week eyeing this up on, online and not, <laughs> not quite got around to buying it. But not, not quite convinced yourself. Ooh. It's just the price. I have the original. Sorry, we're looking at we're looking at a picture of uh, Cedar Stone Lee by the Cooper Temple Claws on vinyl, two piece. Is that the two piece one? Yeah. Oh. I've got the original because originally it was never released on twelve inch vinyl. It was released mm. on the box set. Yes, with the seven. I've got that, and it's still wrapped in <laughs> in plastic and everything in my loft, safe. But <laughs> I really want that. I'm just keep looking at the thirty two ninety nine, and I'm like, I mean, that's not bad for that. I know. That's only gone up slightly in price. Yeah. But that's probably because the Coopers are criminally underrated. Yeah. But, yeah. It's, but, but, it's nostal- nostalgia as well, isn't oh, it? Oh, absolutely. Plus, I can actually play this. <laughs> yeah, I've got a record player. I've actually got a, a, a turntable, yeah. which I can plug into the stereo downstairs. Yeah, I've got one as well. But it's just like 32 for that. But once I buy that, then when they release Cedars through. No, sorry. slow. Kick up the fire. Kick up the fire. It's another 32 quid. Yeah. <laughs> Make this your own is an, another Before you know, quid. you're looking at, and with, with inflation added into that, yeah. you're looking at basically yeah, 100, 100 quid on three albums that you're probably never going to actually play in that format. Once, maybe. Although, knowing me, I'll be like, no, look it, it's wrapped. I won't even open it. I'll just put it here safely. And then yeah. one day, my, I don't know, my niece and nephew can eBay it. I've done that with, <laughs> with most of my... Uh, I mean, most of the, the vinyl I've got that isn't pre-owned, um, the, the the pre-owned stuff has been played frequently, oh, yeah. uh, and the regular the stuff that was was commonly available yeah. when I bought it again has been played several times. But I've got some of them where I'm like, 
Well, this was more expensive. It's in its own little plastic wallet. Yeah. So I get the once just to listen to it. And then that's it. Never touch it again. It goes into the goes into the box and stays there. I got this really, really rare. Um, when Oasis released the master plan, they released this literal box of seven pieces of vinyl. Yeah, with a song on no, each I've side. I've seen it. <laughs> Super. Like I've, I've seen it when you used to have it hidden under your bed in your yeah. old bedroom. I was. Uh, it was. You could only get it through the fan club. Yeah, and I was. It was like a ballot, and I was very <laughs> lucky to get it. And I've never played it. I think I've only ever got it out and shown it to people about three or four times. Like, no, have you, have you looked online to see how much it's worth? No, <laughs> you probably should. Is it? Is it? I can imagine it's quite expensive. Yeah, I'm saving it. I don't want to part with it just yet. You, what you've got to do is right. You've got to work Wait out the tipping reunion. point. Yeah, because <laughs> there there's like a tipping point where it reaches its peak, and then it declines yeah. as people who are interested in that particular thing are no longer interested. So like. Old people like us will reach a point where they they either don't have that money or they're they're dying yeah. effectively. <laughs> so you don't want to hold on to it for too long. No, I know because Cody's generation had no interest in it whatsoever. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I suppose I saw a lot of, when I went, when I went to see Noel Gallagher last week. I saw a lot of young people. How many of them were there with their parents? Because <laughs> I can imagine a lot of them were dragged all right. You're coming with me, you little shit. Listen to all that fucking hippity hop. You come and listen to good music. Yeah, but that. Your music's boring. Oh, Shut up, you little cunt. There are... I didn't actually mean to say that. <laughs> there were a surprising amount of people, like, in their early 20s. Oh, really? Shockingly. And... How bizarre. It was quite weird. Well, not weird, but the first half of the gig was all of his solo stuff. The second yeah. half of the gig was basically all of his, all of his Oasis songs, right? Yeah. And the first half of the gig, everyone's like, yeah... Second up, as soon as he starts with a like little by little, I think it was, everyone's like, "Fuck yeah, yeah." <laughs> I think people people might like his later stuff, but people love yeah. the the early Oasis stuff because I mean, that was. I love his new album, Council Skies. I play it a lot. <clears throat> I haven't heard it, but nothing. I go check it out. Nothing will. <laughs> I have to put it in rotation. I've got so many new yeah, albums no. I've downloaded recently. Nothing will beat seeing him do the master plan or half the world away. Yeah. Like these are songs like, I saw Oasis four times, never got to see him do the master plan or half no. the world away. And these are songs I've loved since the nineties. Yeah. They may not be the exact versions that he used to do, No, but Oh my God, it was, it was worth the 70 pound ticket and standing in the rain for three hours. On <laughs> Just for that. Anyway, we, got hey, we watched the yeah. film. Yeah. Um, Dave Bautista's Drax makeup took 90 minutes to apply, down from three hours yeah. it took for the first film. However, he had to sit in a sauna at the end of the day in order to get the makeup back off. Oh, you could probably take a lot of drugs. So <laughs> <laughs> then he'd have to be back on set again the following day. If the, Wolf of Wall, if the Wolf of Wall Street told me anything, is you can do as many drugs as you want, as long as you have a sauna in the morning, <laughs> sweat it all out, you're, you're good to go. Karen Gillan's Nebula makeup took two and a half hours to, to apply, oh, yeah. which is actually down from five hours for the first film. She also only had to shave half of her head this time around, whereas for the first film, she had to shave her head totally. Okay, so they're refining as they go. They, they were refining what they needed to do. I'm assuming it was some kind of like, she had to shave where the prosthesis was, and the other bit would have been just like a hair cap. Although, that probably would have been weirder. Yeah. Because shaving your whole head, you shave your head. Shave half of it, although I suppose 
Um, I've seen women with with half shaved heads. Or just that bit on the side. Yeah, yeah, some of them were quite hot. So I suppose like Miss Gillen, yeah. she's hot. Plus, with less hair, less to wash to come out of. Yeah, but less to grab hold of. Mm. Unless they've got like a really hairy back or something. Yeah. <laughs> what you could do is get one of them things that they put in horses' mouths. And oh, yeah, you could just get that. Yeah, yeah. no, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Amy's got one then for me. <laughs> I do think I lost this front tooth, mate. <laughs> it wasn't a particularly hard bit of fucking granola slice. <laughs> 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 um, yeehaw. Yeehaw, little bit, little doggy. Um, James Gunn choreographed and served as the motion capture model for Groot's dance during the opening credit scene. Mm. It took the visual effects team nearly two years to complete the CG rendering for the final scene of the film. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I like the 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 opening credit scene. It's. <sighs> Unfortunately, I like bits of it, but none of the bits I like involve Groot in any way, shape, or form. It's 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 Grogu all over. Mm. It's just like, yeah, he's cute and that, but I would much rather be watching the fight that's going on. Yeah, because this is epic. Yeah, you know they're fighting an interdimensional being, and and it's kicking their asses, and it's this is what I want to see in a Guardians of the Galaxy film. But instead, I will get to watch the twig dance. Yeah, it's. Yeah. And somehow the raccoon that's in this life and death battle <laughs> manages to notice that the, the twig <laughs> eating is eating a bug. That's one of the best bits of that sequence. Mm. But, but that's because I have a child and yeah, I've had to do that. Yeah, but you've never had to stop fighting an interdimensional beast. No. To go and do that. I have that. had to stop playing video games to go and do that. Oh, it's kind right. of the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's life and death too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As Groot only communicates with the phrase... I am Groot. In different inflections, James Gunn created a Groot version of the script for him and Vin Diesel, which contained each of Groot's lines in English. Why? It seems like a... I mean, I, I get it, but at the end of the day, you just got Vin Diesel saying, I am Groot, and he doesn't really say it a lot in this film. And every time he does say it, or 90% of the times he says it, another character... Translates for him. Translates. Yeah. I, I get it. They wanted to get the right tone and inflection from Vin Diesel. But, I mean, let's face it, Vin Diesel is no Surya McKellen. No. So, yeah, it seems like unnecessary work. Uh, Baby Groot is actually the offspring of Groot, not the same character, as confirmed by James Gunn on Twitter, where he posted, first Groot is dead, Baby Groot is his son. Okay. I, I didn't need to know that nugget of information, but I know there are people out there who find that sort of thing interesting. I mean, we spent 20 minutes earlier talking about a guy who fucked his car. So, you know, yeah, come see, come sir. At least that's got humorous possibilities. <laughs> Not to the car. <laughs> uh, Bradley Cooper recorded his lines for Rocket while wearing a motion capture headpiece in the recording studio to perfectly synchronise Rocket's voice and facial expressions. In the first film, Cooper supplied only the voice. Okay. And the animation for Rocket's face was done separately. Can't say I noticed any different. No, me neither. Uh, and Rocket's my favourite character. Uh, Stanley's cameo has him discussing previous adventures that include his cameos in other Marvel films. According to Kevin Feige, this was a nod to the popular theory that Lee is a cosmic entity in Marvel. And he quotes, Stan Lee clearly exists, you know, above and apart from the reality of all the films. So the notion that he could be sitting there on a cosmic pit stop during the jump gate sequence in Guardians was something very fun. 
The Bald Aliens with Stan Lee are the Watchers, a race of aliens who appeared frequently throughout Marvel Comics in the 1960s, 70s and 80s. Uatu is the Watcher assigned to observe Earth-616, the reality in which the regular Marvel Comics universe takes place. Okay, I've got a note for later that says I do not understand Stanley's cameo, but I guess I'll just skip that. Yep, there you go. Now you do. Uh, in the comics, Mantis was human and acquired her skills by living with the Kree. James Gunn chose to make her an alien in a film because he wanted Peter Quill to be the only main character to come from Earth. I mean, talk about fucking... Uh, not really whitewashing, is it? But yeah. Humanocentric. <laughs> Maybe a place for you in, in Darth Vader's uh, <laughs> new order. Uh, James Gunn revealed that he and producer Kevin Feige wanted David Bowie to appear in a cameo before his death on January 10th, 2016. That would have been pretty cool. That would have been pretty cool. Him, like, on when the Ravagers, rather than having a pointless Howard the Duck cameo, yeah. making a really, really poor joke, having David Bowie sat there just hanging out as David Bowie. And then I could have used Spaceman, and then we would have had two good songs Ooh, in this film. Oh, yeah, good point. Uh, the stink bug that gets eaten in the film was actually made of chocolate and black honey. Hmm. I did wonder. Uh, Vin Diesel recorded Groot's voice for 16 foreign language releases of the film, up from six for the first film. <laughs> Again, I love the commitment. I honestly do. i got a lot of time for Vin Diesel. Well, he's probably getting paid a lot of money to be in this film because of just who he is. Yeah. So they're probably like, right, we're going to go to work for this money. Then. Well, based on what we learned from the first film, he voluntarily did it. He put himself forward to do oh, okay. that. So... I, I I love the commitment to the role. I honestly do. And I got a lot of time for Vin Diesel when he's not doing Fast and Furious. But this just seems unnecessary. Yeah, I'm completely <laughs> apathetic towards Vin Diesel in every single way, shape and form. Well, there you go. It's because you're not a D&D &D player. Mm. <laughs> uh, the idea of a self-contained mind. Oh, yeah, I like this bit. This this sent me, me off on a tangent on Friday afternoon when I was looking up my notes at work. Um <laughs> Reading up on this, I kept getting distracted. Guys, guys, did you know? Did you know? Uh, the idea of a self-contained mind spontaneously appearing into existence, similar to Ego the Living Planet in this movie, is called Boltzmann Brains. The argument suggests that in a universe that exists forever, one is more likely to be a Boltzmann brain hallucinating reality than a real being. And I then went off and spent about an hour reading about Boltzmann brains and why they could or couldn't exist. Okay. And the whole idea is that in this infinite universe, it is more likely, given a whole bunch of factors that I don't fully understand, um, that a brain will spontaneously coalesce with fully realised fake memories of its existence prior to that point than it is that humans like us would develop and be aware living sentient beings who have actually had that past in history. Okay, so if I'm hallucinating this reality, could yep. I not be hallucinating, like, you know, slightly better reality for me? I mean, this is your brain, bro, so you tell me. Oh, it's broken. Yeah. I mean, if I'm hallucinating this, I need to sit down and have a word with myself because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I could be doing things a lot better, like Gamora. But... <laughs> um... <laughs> I could be the sandwich in a Gamora Mantis sandwich, you know. Um, but yeah, and that's that's the idea. But apparently, there is a there is a paradox that comes into play that when when you start, or when physicists in particular start thinking about this and they do the maths, and they're like, no, it is actually more likely that none of this is real, and 
I'm hallucinating this, or even worse, I am a figment of another Boltzmann brain's hallucination. hallucination. They start questioning their own existence. Yeah. So there, there, there's this argument that's been put forward that they basically all swear by now that there is something we're missing. There is an equation, mi- or there's oh, like okay. a figure missing in the equation because otherwise we shouldn't exist and we are all just a hallucination of a disembodied brain floating in the cosmos. Oh, well, I don't really need to give a fuck about life anymore. No, because it's not real anyway. Okay. It's all, it does depend on how sadistic the brain imagining us is. I'm going to go pick up a load of mushrooms and LSD after this if you wanted to just fuck You've seen shrooms, right? Because uh... <laughs> this is the same brain that came up with shrooms and a big barge floating in the Thames full of Legionnaires' disease for refugees. And teeth. And teeth. And teeth that just don't last the extent of your life. <laughs> I was talking more of the film. I, yeah. I gathered, yeah. Uh, vagina dentata. Yeah. We've got to cover that one, though. <laughs> just for shits and giggles. Just for that one scene where she stands up and the penis falls out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the sensor that Peter Quill looks at when detecting the extra-dimensional creature during the opening of the movie is a modified 1977 Mattel handheld electronic football video game. Selling over 1 million units, this was one of the hottest items of Christmas 1977. The beep at the beginning is the touchdown sound, whilst the other beeps are the sound of the ball moving down the field. Awesome. I love I love pointing shit like that. And if you tried to buy one of those online now since this film came out, it's probably about 100 quid. Yeah, I suppose it like it must have been pretty popular to like, you know, beat Star Wars in 1977. Yeah. yeah. It was probably cheaper as well. Oh, absolutely. Uh, in September 2015, director James Gunn said in a Facebook post that he wanted to use the sneepers. I thought he was going to say, he made some really terrible jokes about rape. Really and- awful rape jokes. However, he was making a lot of money at the time, so uh, he wanted to use the alien race, the sneepers, who first appeared in Marvel Comics in 1964 as background characters in this film. He was advised against it by Marvel's legal department because the name was too similar to Sneeper the Icelandic word for clitoris. <laughs> Nevertheless, the Marvel legal department later cleared the use of sneepers in this film, in part because of the extensive media coverage Gunn's initial post received. The song Guardians Inferno, played at the end of the movie, is credited to the sneepers featuring David Hasselhoff. <laughs> Just like, I love that. Uh, James Gunn sent in an Instagram post in August 2017 that Farscape was one of his all-time favourite sci-fi shows. I'm, I'm there with you, buddy. I've never seen it. I've got the first six seasons on DVD boxer over there. Can't see him because Link's in the way. Okay. Uh, when he ran into the show star, Ben Browder, a couple of years before shooting Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 at the Saturn Awards, he asked him if he'd make a cameo. He thankfully agreed and can be seen as the Sovereign Admiral with Aisha. Ah, uh, yeah. That's Ben Browder. Uh, why do I not have... I, I thought I had a note on Elizabeth Debicki. Debicki. That's her name, yeah. Yeah. That one of the main reasons she got that role is uh, A, because she does posh really well, and B, because she's like six foot eight or something. Oh. She's like really tall, and oh. he wanted the high priestess to be really tall without like... Beautiful, tall, faux posh. I think I found my, my perfect woman. <laughs> there you go, Elizabeth. Please reach out to us and we can set you up on a date. That will be Patreon content. Yeah. Uh, Gary Oldman. Viggo Mortensen, Christopher Waltz, Christopher Plummer, Max von Sydow, Alex Baldwin, Ron Perlman, Stephen Lang, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis, Robert De Niro, Michael Michael Bean, Mel Gibson, and Liam Neeson were all considered for the role of Ego. (laughs) 
Just, just give me a moment for all those names to yeah. sink in, because some of them, absolutely not. Uh, Matthew McConaughey was also considered, but passed on the role in favour of the Dark Tower. Oh, oh, God, that was a bad mistake. Not a great film. It's not bad. No, but it got all... From my understanding is all Stephen King fans hated it. Oh, yeah. Nothing like the actual series of books. No. And they're probably not going to make another one, right? No. The, 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 it was set up to be the... Uh, like a series starter, yeah. but all the fans hated it so much that yeah, it's never gonna. It, it sat, sat in an awkward place as well because it wasn't quite uh, child friendly, yeah. but it also wasn't mature enough Isn't, to be aimed at adults. It kind of sits. Does in it there. not revolve around a child? Yeah, it revolves around the child and the gunslinger. Yeah, so and the concept is really cool, but the way it's handled, it's kind of a bit Hunger Gamesy, like oh. that sort of not. Like themes and story, I was but tone-wise, tonally, it's it sits in that sort of Twilight Hunger oh, Games, okay. that awkward tween thing. I really like that first Hunger Games film. It's really good. I wish I really wish I hadn't spent the entire time I watched it for the first time going, "This is just shit battle royale." I mean, it is, but <laughs> yeah, I think I really annoyed the person battle royale there. skips the all the all the trashy bit beforehand and gets straight to. Them killing each other. Yeah, I really annoyed the person I watched it with. <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, Marvel Studios made a statement regarding the future of the Guardians franchise, saying that Avengers Infinity War would take place four years after this film, which in turn takes place in 2014, three months after the initial Guardians of the Galaxy film. Oh, okay. So, th- yeah, this, that's where this fits in the, the whole timeline. The so MCU there's four arc. years between this and Infinity War? Yes. Okay. I just want to, can we circle back? I would have well loved Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey as as Ego. That would have been pretty good. I mean, Gary Oldman. Yeah. Oh, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman can't can't do. Viggo Mortensen. He's like a foreign Kurt Russell, so I could see that. Yeah. Christopher Waltz. Not sure Mm, who that is. No. I've heard the name, but I couldn't put a face Uh, Same with Christopher, Christopher Plummer. I've heard the name. Yeah. Max von Sydow is way too old. Yeah. Uh... Alec Baldwin. Mm. I just don't like Alec Baldwin. No, me neither. Uh, Ron Perlman. No. No, no he's, he's, he's too close to Drax. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Lang. No, the name. Oh, you think it's Scott Lang? No, he's no, Ant-Man. No, no. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. That I would have loved. I would have loved that. I don't know how well it would have worked, but just Arnie being Ego the Living Planet. I was going to say, like, I'm not sure he's got the acting range, but I don't really feel like Kurt Russell showed us a lot of acting hey, range. Kurt Russell just plays Kurt Russell yeah. in this film. Uh, Bruce Willis? No. He's too great. Young, when he was younger? Slightly younger, yes. These days, I mean, maybe not these days because he's like not all there anymore. Um, but there's a time before, before Lethal, um, Lethal Weapon, Die Hard 4.0. Before okay. that, I could see, I could have seen him doing that. Oh, I'll give you that. Robert De Niro. Yeah, I can't I can't picture him as anyone other than the dad in Meet the Fockers these days. Okay. Just Travis Bickle all day long. <laughs> uh, Michael Bean. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I don't think he's a big enough actor though no. for the for the role. Uh, Mel Gibson getting to see you melt. Yeah. Uh, Liam Neeson, absolutely. Yeah. As long as he wasn't channeling uh, Qui-Gon. As long as he wasn't, like, you know, trying to beat up people for not being white. Or just having his big dick out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so there we go. 
let's have feedback. Fox. Arnie. Uh, Ar- Arnie. Arnie. Arnie wins. Yeah. Uh, Stallone asked how his line at Yondu's Viking funeral should be delivered. And Gunn replied, have you seen the movie Babe? And he said, yeah. Uh, he said, yeah. I'm like, this is you saying that'll do, pig. You, what? How have you? How are you at this age and you've never seen Babe? I don't make a habit of watching kids' films. You were Sorry. a kid when it came out, you prick. Yeah, but... <laughs> oh, no, I couldn't watch. I was too busy watching fucking The Godfather 3 on repeat. I was too busy watching Bad Boys and my, yeah. <laughs> my Oasis there Every, and then. I thought everyone had seen Babe. No. So have you, like, just begun your whole life without getting the That'll Do Pig reference? Yeah. Oh, my God. You were, you're not a deprived child. You're a deprived adult. <laughs> just deprived in all ways. For just £2 a month, you can sponsor a deprived adult like Reggie to catch up on the childhood films he never watched. And for £2 more a month, you could help a depraved adult like Reggie put more bitches in cages. You can help a depraved adult like Reggie get some Elizabeth Debicki boontang. (laughs) (laughs) The gold is optional. Um, I definitely have that horse thing in my mouth. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. She's way taller than me. She'd be riding you like one of those drone piloting things they use. Kianel. She wouldn't even be in the room. She'd no. be downstairs on the fucking Xbox controlling it remotely <laughs> as the fucking machine just ruins you. <laughs> oh, anyway, body count. <laughs> oh, I don't even know where to start. 18. Not even fucking close. 299. You got a breakdown. I have not, no, because no. there's 299 of them. How? I thought you were going to say, like, 287 people. I don't know. No, there was... Lizards. There, 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 for this, there were two options. There was the number, and you can take it at face value, or I would have to sit through a 20-minute video breaking down every death. Oh, and okay. I'm like, fuck you, my guy. But, who are the 299? Ravagers. I know there's a load of Ravagers they put out there. The airlock. Yeah. Um... um who else dies in this film? Oh, people that get eaten when Ego is expanding all across the galaxy. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, we yeah, see yeah. like Humans. him eating cars and yeah. people and what have you. Um, um, I don't think there's any other big death scenes. As soon as this film opens, we are subjected to bad 70s music. What does it open with? Oh, it's Mr. Blue Sky. Mm. Uh, Mr. Blue Sky is, is on the better side of bad 70s music. Is that? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, that's Brandy. That, that one's not too bad, but Mr. Blue Sky it's is not Mr. whatever the song is, is not my con- my main contentious part because this comes up throughout my very yeah. notes, right? I feel like James Gunn must have read a review or spoke to someone at Marvel yeah. or someone tapped him on the shoulder and said, Everyone fucking loved what you did with the 70s yeah. music in the first one, and they have just doubled down. Like, from the very oh, first second this film starts, you get bad 70s music. Yeah. And it's like... Oh. Even in the first one, you had bits that were orchestral yeah. and, and more cinematic soundtrack. In this, they dropped it entirely. Yeah. And it, it feels like... Any this... opportunity to just jam some kind Yeah, of... that's the thing. It is being jammed in. It feels yeah. like it's being forced upon you. And Don't get me wrong. There are, some, there are some good songs. Uh, I've got a note. Somewhere that says, uh, I'm not a fan of Fleetwood Mac. No. Not by any stretch of imagination. Me neither. But the chain is used really well in okay. this film. And I, off the back of this film, I quite like that song. The one I just butchered is half decent. I've got a note about what is the one good song in this film. Oh, okay. 
Baby Groot has short man syndrome because he's just like you're 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 looking at me funny. I'm gonna go have a fight with you, and it's like wow. My old boss used to be like that. He could fit in really well in Harlow. Um, <laughs> young Kurt Russell looks weird. So in, in in the same way that we've said before in other films, like, yes. okay, so young Tony Stark doesn't look that bad, but, oh, my God, Grand Moff Tarkin looks fucking yeah, weird. Yeah, freaky. This one looks weird. Which is Unnatural. Odd, considering it, the Grand Moff Tarkin Princess Leia thing. It was a that, the They beginning. kind of pioneered that yeah. technology. Since then, we've seen a lot of good examples of, of it being used well yeah. and being refined. It feels like they kind of went back to a previous version with yeah. this because, yeah, he looks... Doesn't look good. He looks freaky. He does. It looks just unnatural. Yeah. yeah. He um, does look an awful lot like he did when he was younger, though. Just with floofy hair. Oh, absolutely. Just an unnatural, yeah, uncanny Yeah, it's like an AI-generated yeah. young Kurt Russell. Oh, no. Dancing CGI grew and more <laughs> terrible music. <laughs> I do appreciate how psychedelic parts of that fight scene are, though. Yes. Like, when you actually get to see the fight scene, when you yeah. see that interdimensional beast bug, whatever it is, like, it's the rainbow coming out of its mouth. Yeah, when well, it's, it's fire, is rainbow-coloured and that. It's so good. And then you just, which probably annoys me, is what annoys me more, that yeah. we're forced to watch... A dancing CGI. Yeah, tweet. I don't. I don't want to watch. I mean, we said this earlier, but I, I would much prefer watching the yeah, fight scene absolutely. than group, you know, dancing to Mr. Bruce he, I would take the fight scene with some terrible music and the credits over the top. Yeah, I just do not need to see. I think that would have worked really well, Mr. Blue Sky, which is a very upbeat, happy song yeah. against this life or death fight against a fake Octo God. Yeah, I can get behind that, but I don't need. I don't need like. Six minutes or whatever it is of fucking baby group no. dancing. Although there was a moment that made me laugh, which is when uh, Drax gets thrown behind him and rolls up. Yeah. And as soon as he looks, Groot just freezes. Yeah. Until he looks away again, because <laughs> that was a nice callback to the uh, end credit scene in the previous previous Guardians film. Okay. Uh, you just need to find a woman who is pathetic, like you. Drax giving you relationship advice now. I've got one note that says token topless hero shot. <laughs> yeah. And then my note after that says, you just need to find a woman that's pathetic <laughs> like you. I'm shocked I've never been given that advice. We don't need to. No. Drax, is, Drax the Destroyer has done it all for us. Uh, I like the idea of the remotely piloted Armada. Yes. I really like that idea. That yeah. Is... It always reminds me of that episode of Stargate where they uh, did that. They had uh, all of their piloting, all their ships were remotely, pilot, remotely piloted by drones, and it looked just like it does in this film. Oh, okay. Which today I mostly learn that I haven't watched enough terrible sci-fi programs. Yeah, so. man, there's so much out there. <laughs> you got a lot. You got a lot of catching up to do. Surely Gamora would get ripped in half. So this must be the bit where Drax is hanging out. Oh, the yeah, back yeah. And She's holding on to him. Yeah, yeah. She's not Captain America. No, she, no. she should. I mean. We didn't even get a bicep flex. No. I which mean, is probably too much. It would have been distracting for the guys in the audience. Yeah. And probably most of the girls, a lot of girls would have come out being lesbians. Yeah. Suddenly want to stick a fucking corn stalk up there or something. Um, I want a series dealing with all the different Ravager factions. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. We, we said we said in numerous films that they, they tease us with something far more interesting than what we actually get. Yeah. This film is a prime example of that. You've got Sylvester Stallone. And fucking, what's Zing his Rams. name? Yeah. yeah, leading their own factions. Uh, 
Michelle yeah. Yo, yeah. leading their own fucking factions of Ravagers. And I'm like, that's what I want to be watching. Yeah. I want more about them. Do that. Give us that, Marvel, you cowards. Give us the film that would start at the end of that uh, extra scene in the credits. Yeah, I've got a note literally saying, that's the film I want to watch. Yeah, I don't too. want volume three of this bullshit. I want to watch Ravagers. The, the Ravagers. Yeah. What's his name? Fucking pulling together his fucking old crime team to go out and do, a do crime. Yeah. That's what I want to be watching. Uh, how the Duck cameo? Uh, Pointless how the Duck cameo. Yeah. What the fuck is Rocket fixing the ship with? A magical power washer. I assume they were nanites. That would make sense. Because we see they use nanites a lot for the yeah. jetpacks, the spacesuits, uh, Quill's helmet. Tony Stark then obviously uses them extensive, extensively in uh, Infinity War. So I assumed that's what he was doing. He's just basically spraying nanites on there that repair it, the pre-program. I don't know. Just Wizard did it. Like, wow, that's like a magical power washer. Like, I need one of them. I've played them. some video games like that, but that was just some bullshit video game mechanic, not like a minor plot point in a yeah. major Hollywood movie. Uh, can I pet your puppy? It is adorable. Yeah. <laughs> I will say it now, okay? My favourite scenes in this film are the ones with Drax and Mantis. Oh, yeah. Just talking to each other. I've got a note later that just says, I love Drax. It's that simple. Like, I'm not a fan of these Guardians films in any way, shape or form. No. I hadn't seen this one until this weekend. I haven't seen the third one. It's just come out. But I will watch it once solely just to see Drax. (laughs) Just to see Drax. He is so... He's just... John... What's his name? Dave (laughs) Bautista, Dave Bautista, yeah. Considering he was like a wrestler yeah. and kind of come up that way. Like he's just, he's got so much charisma that he knows how to, he knows yes. what Drax is. Yeah. And he's, and sometimes his humor is so understated, <laughs> but other times he's larger than life like yeah. a wrestler would be. But like, he knows what each scene needs from him. Yes. In a way, a seasoned actor would. Yeah. So I'm And so he's absolutely not. So no, um, Drax. Oh, funny. Drax has an even louder laugh than me. Yeah, <laughs> he's my spirit animal. No wonder Star Lord's dad can't sleep if he's seen how uncomfortable his bed looks. Yeah, what the fuck is that bullshit? It's just it just looks horrible. I mean, it's a stupid looking ship to yeah. begin with. It's I do like the, the scene where we get to see it, where he's just riding on top of it like a fucking sandworm. Just ridiculous though. Oh yeah, I mean it's Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh no, I've given up trying to make it not. Uh, I love Kurt Russell. We need to add Escape from New York to the list. Yeah. As we discussed earlier. Uh, I appreciate the scene where Rocket takes out all of the Ravagers. So... How far into the film is that? Oh, this is when he's actually... Oh, yeah. When they're actually... Oh, this is when he's... Everybody thinks he's in the ship. Yeah. It, and he's got the music on, but he's actually watching And he's doing... Yeah, he does his Predator bit and he's leaping Booby around. Traps, yeah. yeah, that I is really, really like good, actually. Bit. It's nice to see Rocket doing something other on than screaming own. and pulling the trigger. Yeah. And actually... Realising, oh, there's a brain behind all that angry fur. Absolutely. Um, So Ego's house is basically an interactive museum dedicated to the history of him. him. I mean, I'm fairly self-centred. I have even been called conceited. However. Who called you conceited and survived? (laughs) I'm related to them. Oh, okay. so it's more than one person. <laughs> <laughs> no, because the other one doesn't know what it word means. Um, 
don't, I, 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 you can look around my house. There are basically no pictures of me in this house. I, I keep seeing pictures of Amy. I saw some last week when we were recording. There's one right next Yes, I found a whole bunch of old, old pictures that Amy gave me when we like first got together. Yeah. Um, so that I remember what she looked like when she went off to university, apparently. Um, none of them are nudes, disappointingly, because otherwise, Patreon content. Yeah, otherwise <laughs> I would have stolen one. <laughs> they, they would all be stolen by now. <laughs> um, but having building your own house on top of your planet, which is you, circling the brain, which is you, and just taking the time to create interactive exhibits, creating or recreating key points in your life, when the only person, aside from Mantis, who ever goes there is you... That is a whole next level of self-centered. It is. Like, he makes the sovereign look modest. Yeah. 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 And I'm just like, wait. So he's, like, crafted all these pictures of him doing stuff, animated them, and has them there ready for him to come in and give a guided tour to key points of his life. What? <laughs> um, I agree. My favourite part of it all, though, is later on when he's explaining to Peter how... Oh, when we get the reveal of that he he's not his only yeah, kid, yeah. right? All the other kids are dead, and it's just him doing his Captain Kirk, yeah, banging <laughs> all these different like aliens. all the aliens. Yeah. And he, he added it to his to his history of himself to be like, look, I was a pimp. Look, your dad was a pimp, and it's like, whoa, this yeah. is getting to some Drax levels of uncomfortable intimacy right yeah. now. I don't need to know how my dad fucked my mum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that it's not ripe joke falls flat and is exactly what I dislike about these films. It's yeah. like... It's a throwaway joke, which the first time it's done, okay, fine, yeah. Because they all hate Nebula, so they're going to be dicks to her. But then it crops up again. I think it would have been better if she'd bitten into it and gone, it was ripe. Yeah. Rather than spitting out and going, it wasn't ripe. Yeah, it's I don't just... Know, that, just that, it's just that button at the end of that scene, I'm just like... Oh. This is what I hate about these films. Yeah. We can't just end the scene. There has to be some jokey it's got to, button yeah. at the end. It's one of the things that really threw me off with this film. Now, I get it. The original film did it. Lots of other comedic action films have done it, where you get the cinematic moment or the tense moment, and then it's ruined with comedy, and you're like, oh, I see what you did there. You subverted the trope by making it funny. But this film takes that, turns it up to 11. Yeah. And every cinematic or emotional or interesting scene is then ruined by pointless humour that brings... Yeah. It, you build up this this role. Uh, you, like, the, the film itself gets on a roll in the scene and you're like, yeah, I'm getting into this. This has got some Avengers feel to yeah. it. You know, Shit's going down. This is good. I'm excited. And then that whole fucking train rams face first into a pointless throwaway joke that stops it. And it not just stops it for the audience... The music, the action, everything stops bang on that. And it's yeah. like once, maybe twice in a two-hour film, you can do that. But not every time. This does it five or six times, and it just spoils so much. My Sweet Lord, finally a good song. Yeah, it is a good song, actually. Yeah, yeah. and it's used well it's as well. It's stuck in my head ever since I saw it's it last night. stupidly <laughs> catchy. Yeah. Uh, Rocket has the only appropriate response to the name Taserface. My next exact note is Taserface. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> Rocket would be great on this podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Kraglin might be my favourite character in this film. I mean, I still love Drax, but I, I do, I appreciate him. Like, yeah. He's like the, kind of like the human 
aspect of this film. Yeah, because the hum- the actual human aspect of this film is a complete douche canoe <laughs> that nobody wants to be in the same room as. <laughs> so, you know, and any scene that he's actually in suffers by default. Yeah. So you have someone like him in there and you're like, no, yeah, no. Well, he, and he seems like a nice guy too for a pirate. Aside from just being a douche canoe, we also find out that for the majority of this film until basically the end, <laughs> he's actually not human. He's a god. Yes. So Craglin, whatever his name is, is kind of the hum- human aspect. Yeah. I wish he'd been in it more. Yes, so, so do we I. could have gone on the journey with him. I would much prefer to follow his journey. I, to be honest, not only is he more interesting, his journey would be more interesting to watch, but probably make for a better film. Far more relatable to us. And he's more pivotal to the plot, like the actual resolution of the plot, than Peter Quill. Yeah. Because if without him freeing uh, Yondu and Rocket, none of that fucking third act of the film, well, it all ends, basically, when yeah. Quill gets impaled... Because there's nothing to stop him. And it's like, okay, well, that's the end of that film. He he is the guardian of the galaxy. And he has the best end credit scene as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Ah! <laughs> I, see, I'm trying to stay positive. So I do like the little mentions of Thanos throughout this film. It's yes. like a little scattering of Thanos. Just to remind you, this is part of the MCU. It may not look like it, yeah. but it is. And these are both his daughters. And this is... It's going to be important later on. So later on, when, you know, the stuff happens, (laughs) we've set it up here. Um, I am hideous. You are horrifying to look at. Oh, my God. We are so in sync. My next note is Mantis is far from hideous. She is gorgeous, actually. Um, Me and Amy were talking about it last night because she was dropping in and out, um, watching bits of it. And uh, I think it's one of the ending scenes where she says something about it. And... uh, and it was like, I love the fact that they keep making this reference that, or this, they keep implying that she's hideous. Oh, that's, she's like, that's one of my favourite jokes right at the end. Like, and there are some humorous parts of this film that I do appreciate. Yeah. And right at the end, when he's just so <laughs> oh, yeah. kind of like dead pans, like, you're beautiful on, on the, the inside. inside. Yeah. And we saw that, and she's like, I love the fact that they did that with someone who is absolutely not hideous. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, no. She was like, she's like, I. Could even put up with oh, the, the antennas, the ten- and I'm like, antennas, mate, the tentacles. I'd, I'd go to town, tentacles yeah. or not, mate. <laughs> I'd have, I'd have her on OnlyFans. Hashtag tentacle porn. <laughs> what does it mean if you're ugly and no one loves you? Um, you should change your name to Reggie and start a podcast. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> as annoying as Groot is, I still didn't like seeing them get bullied. No, no. Again, you're supposed to, because up until this point, the Ravagers have almost followed Yondu's like character arc where they're kind of anti-heroes antagonists protagonists they kind of flip between the two but at this point there's a split they're like these are bad guys yeah because they know obviously storytellers know that bad things are going to happen to these guys pretty soon so they need to establish yeah they don't want you know they throw out all the guys that sided with yondu and you get to see yeah look they murdered all their friends in a very unpleasant way then they tortured group and it's like, okay, no, yeah. I kind of, I do kind of like, I don't know what that guy's name is, the guy that tries to take over. But he's constantly calling Yondu soft. He's soft, he's oh, soft, he's face, soft. Yeah. Oh, Taserface. That is Taserface, yeah. yeah. And then he's like, 
can I smash the twig with a <laughs> with a rock? And he's like, no, he's far too adorable. It's far too adorable. It's like, come on, you set this, this character set his stall out right from the beginning. That he's a heartless monster, yeah. but he won't let them hurt Groot. Yeah, you're just as soft as yonder, motherfucker. Um, I bet the Ravager's ship bloody stinks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a scene where they're all passed out and yeah. you, you get close up on the deck and there's just food and drink and stickiness. And I'm like, just like yeah. you're in space. You can't even open the fucking window to let some fresh air in. It's just like that. Yeah. The entire ship must smell like a pub the day after. This is yet another film that my autism would stop me being a part of in real life. <laughs> Um, yeah, I couldn't be on the Ravager ship. Cool <laughs> as their uniforms are. Oh, great. More terrible 70s music. But at least this time it's part of the narrative. So this is when they're talking and he dissects the lyrics of that song about how oh, it's about yeah. him and his mum. And I was like, Do you know what? I'll give you this one song because you've actually used it dialogue-wise to explain yeah. the song. It's not just there for no fucking reason. I have another bit of the... Uh, the film, this is in addition to the sudden, humorous, unnecessary stops to the storyline. Yonder and Rocket basically wipe out the entire complement of Ravagers and then destroy their ship. I know it's done for story reasons, but they are so overpowered in that scene. Oh, Yondu yeah. and his fucking whistly arrow oh, yeah. are basically a god-tier weapon. He needn't fear for anyone at all Ever. because he can basically just... Provided he can see them, he can kill them immediately. I mean, we get to see it in the previous film when they're fighting the, yeah. the weird alien guys and he takes out their little uh, hunting party of all the crew and the ships and that. But here, he basically just flies that thing, carte blanche, through the entire ship, through bulkheads and walls and everything. Rocket manages to find a pistol that can just fire through bulkheads. And it's just like it just throws off the balance of the rest of the film or the yeah. entire film because suddenly he's so powerful. You're like, he's almost on, on par with fucking ego. Yeah. Who is like literally a demigod. It's kind of like putting Superman next to Batman. Yeah. yeah. Or having, yeah, having a sequence where Batman is out there being the world's greatest detective and punching people. And then halfway through the, the, the film, Robin and Superman team up and just kill every villain on the planet. Yeah. And then you go back, you're supposed to go back to rooting for Batman afterwards. And you're like, what the fuck? Well, where the fuck's the peril here? Um... Uh, The jump sequence, the jump gate sequence where they get all deformed and stuff. Simple, stupid humour, but one of the few points in this film, this comedy film, that actually made me laugh. Yeah, snap. I, I didn't mind that. No. I didn't mind. I it's very stupid, and yeah. they don't overdo it, I think, which is why it works. They do it just enough. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen The Eternals, but that's a film about Celestials. So how was he the only one? <laughs> yeah, I did wonder that. I know he's the only one at this point in the MCU timeline, but then they're going to go and cre- create a they whole must film. Know they're going to create an entire film for the Celestials. And if I haven't seen The Celestials, but if all Celestials are as powerful as Ego, the living planet, how does anything else in the MCU ever happen? No. Because, like, literally, you get, like, a group of them. That, that That's the universe done for. Yeah. I uh, um, I like the face on the planet. So this, I guess, yes. is when they're turning up and you see it kind of, yeah. Yeah. And that it, I thought was I like. I think I like that element so much because it's not pointed out. Yeah. Most just, of the other elements, it's very, like, focused yeah. when they do things like that. But that's not there. And then the I'll next shot, it is. Yeah. Which is, it's a very nice touch. It's, it's rare subtlety 
Oh, this film. yeah, this film's not very subtle at all. Um, some of the elements of Ego's planet, particularly the furniture in his house, which is where I first noticed it, have some very strong H.R. Geiger vibes. I don't, don't get the He's reference. the designer who designed the alien in uh, Alien. Yeah, okay. And yeah, I'd heard of Geiger. Work, I just yeah. couldn't remember what he'd done. Yeah, his okay. work was extrapolated yeah. to the hives for aliens. It's all convoluted and vaguely phallic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is... This is on point. Whilst I have some misgivings about this film, it does look spectacular. It does. And like, just when they're out in space, they're flying around, like the use of colours. Yes. It's got some of that Doctor Strange kind of mm. psychedelic vibes, and I really liked it. It's another one that, that was basically all green screen. Oh, yeah. It's weird comparing this to something like uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah. It's so Or Civil War, even. Yeah. Where the backdrops are, for Real the most world. part, like they're in an airport, they're on a street in Germany, yeah. they're in an office, and then all of a sudden you've got this, and it's like they're in the fucking cosmos, yeah. or we're in the multiverse, and it's like you put the two of them side by side, and it's like, God damn, there was a massive contrast there oh, between the two. Absolutely, but somehow they've created this kind of universe where they all that work all in tandem yeah. it's it's one it's one of the the one of the best things about the mcu oh yeah, yeah is that yeah. they've taken what should be conflicting and disparate elements and woven them together in such a way over the over the period of time that you can go from watching civil war to doctor strange to guardians of the galaxy and tonally they don't. They should, but they don't conflict. No, it they works. All works together. Yeah, right. uh, rocket goes zorbing. <laughs> yeah, I like these little shield thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and of course, the godlike entity is a sociopath with a god complex. Of course, couldn't they just? Why? Why can no one ever find a fucking like demigod I mean, out in the cosmos who is just benign? Just yeah, just got his head screwed on. Yeah, you know. Like, if someone gave Jeremy Corbyn godlike powers, he'd just use it to have an infinite supply of gooseberry jam. Yeah, and take out all the juice. <laughs> How did I know the pivotal part of this film would be soundtracked by a terrible 70s song? <laughs> Everything is soundtracked yeah. by a terrible 70s song. I have to admit, I was far more moved by Yondo's death than I ever thought Wait, I could be. You by left it. ahead of me again. Okay, so. Uh, just trying to get as far away from that true comment as possible. All any of you do is yell at one another. You're not friends. That's right. We're family. I like that. I like that. It's like, yeah, I've, I've been to some family gatherings that yeah. <laughs> started and ended like a, like a, a fucking Guardians discussion. That's the difference between friends and family, though, right? Friends, you, you kind of, there's, there's a line. There's, know, yeah, class. there's usually a line. Family, you can say basically say whatever you want, and you know the next day you're going to be good. Well, usually. Some of my family would just have a tantrum and not talk to me for six months. Win! That's why you built a family with people like me. No, that's because I apparently attract autistic people. (laughs) Um, Peter (laughs) just straight up shoots his dad. (laughs) I've broken him again. (laughs) Did I get you a t-shirt that just says autistic magnet? Autistic (laughs) magnet! (laughs) Um, Yeah, Peter just straight up shoots his dad. Yeah. The moment he realises that Ego killed his mum with the brain tumour, he there's no hesitation. He just immediately just goes to town and blasts him to shit. That's because he had a whole lived relationship with his mum, right? Yeah. He's only met his dad for what seems like about 10 minutes. 
Oh, so, yeah. And he still doesn't trust him. So <laughs> the minute he's like, you killed the best woman in the universe. I, I just love the fact that he just, he just goes straight, up shoots him, straight yeah. from, he's like, wow, this is amazing, to like that. Yeah. Just pew, 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 die, you motherfucker. Um, the crabby puppy is so cute, he makes me want to die. Yeah. Oh, Mantis, get in my veins, girl. She's adorable. Um, you don't have, oh, yeah, this, right. I was looking this up and I couldn't find any reference. So I'm going to put this out there to the hive mind. Uh, you don't have to believe in yourself because I believe in you. That's obviously Drax talking to Mantis. Yeah. Is James Gunn a Gurren Lagan fan? Gurren Lagan is an anime from the early noughties, I think. Uh, and one of the main characters says to one of the younger characters, don't believe in, what is it? Don't believe in yourself. Uh, you believe in me. Believe in a me who believes in you. I used to have it on a desktop. Okay. Which I remember you telling me to change because it was annoying you. Because I had it on there for too long when we were recording in this room. Okay. Uh, and then he says this, and it's basically, that's, wait a minute, that's the same line. Just concatenated. And I put, in this, I put it to you, Mr. James Gunn. Are you a Gurren Lagan fan? Because that's the only other place I've seen that used. Also, James Gunn, please only listen to that 30 seconds of any of our podcasts. Yeah, don't listen to anything else. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or at least answer our questions before you sick the lawyers on us. In that, in that moment, though, again, Drax has an incredible line when she actually does it, and he's like, I never thought she'd do that. Yeah, I didn't think you could do it. <laughs> uh, I really like Yondu's character arc. Yes, me too. Goes from antagonist in the first film to anti-hero to ally to eventually... Member of the Guardians of the freaking Galaxy. Or freaking Guardians of the Galaxy. I have to admit, I was far more moved by Yondo's death than I ever thought I could be by a Guardians of the Galaxy film. Yeah. Like, the ending of this film touched me in a way that just blew my mind because I did not see it you coming. You don't see it coming. No. Because you don't realise that you built up this connection to Yondu through the two films yeah. until all of a sudden you get like the goosebumps at the end and yeah. you're like, oh no, no, why are they killing him? No, they can't do that. And yeah. then also all the ravagers come and they do the fireworks and you're like, God damn, no, that was an emotional roller coaster. That, I didn't know I was on. That moment he has with Rocket as well, where he's like, no, I know who you are because we're the same. Yes. And then at the end you see Rocket with the tear yeah. and everything. I'm just like, oh. What's, what's, uh... Plus I really like Michael Rooker. Yeah, no, he is really good actually. Even with his weird ass teeth in this film. Yeah. I've loved him since more rats. Uh, I didn't hate this film as much. Oh, sorry. Have you got any more notes? I have. Okay. Uh, I already said about Fleetwood Mac. Lol, Pac-Man. Yeah, I did like that. <laughs> I, I I know there are going to be people to watch this film that are like, oh my God, the dialogue was so good, but I'm not the hugest fan of a lot of the dialogue no, in this film. It's... But I do love that line where he's like, I can make a Pac-Man and this. And yeah. Like, I'm going to make some weird shit. Weird shit, shit yeah. I was just like... That's me and Roni all round in that one moment. <laughs> uh, how does it take Peter so damn long to realise that Yondu kept him as a surrogate son? He cannot be that dense. It's no. obvious from about halfway through the second film, the first film, that that's that's what they were going for, and everybody in the you, uh, in the audience picks up on that. But somehow he doesn't. Sometimes I find people are so self-absorbed. They don't see what's right in front of them. Ah, interesting. Interesting, because uh, that's basically Peter Quill in this film. Yeah. I have a note coming up about that. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, that eulogy is awful, Quill. Yeah. Makes his shit David Hasselhoff references. 
Uh, lol, Azun. Yeah. I wanted one of those so bad when they came out. I was like, that's awesome. It's a, it's a, it's a Microsoft iPod. It's brilliant. And then everyone was just like, this is just a shit iPod. I'd never heard of it. Except when it first came out, um, Microsoft paid a bunch of fledgling pod- podcasts to make uh, Zoom only podcasts. Okay. So TSD made this series of podcasts called Overkill, where they talked <laughs> the paranormal, supernatural, and stuff. And they would end each episode by going Zoom. <laughs> but Zoom basically just, like, after, like, I don't know. They only ever made like 16 episodes and then Zoom just dis- disappeared. Yeah, it didn't last very long. So as soon as I saw that, I was just like, ah, Zoom. <laughs> uh, this was clearly intended as the series Empire Strikes Back. Yes. The loss of a hero, the gaining of allies, the ending being bittersweet. You've even got, it's even got you similar the, fleet vibes. Yeah, and the, the hugging. At the yeah, end the, with the, the screen you know. with the fleet in front of it. And I was like, yeah, no, I, I can see what you're going for there. Shame it wasn't as good. It just, it's just. The series as a whole isn't as good as Star Wars. So. Oh, of course, yeah. But I I know I said I was way more moved by Yondo's death than I ever thought I could be by a Guardians of the Galaxy film. Mm. But there was not enough yeah. emotional depth in any of these films for it to have an ending anywhere near as, as impactful as Empire no. Strikes Back. No. Because it's- Star Wars was it had humour. But it didn't revolve completely around no. one-liners and humour. There was actual... They knew how to use the humour without stopping the narrative, yeah. which is a key part of, of using humour in a film. Yeah. Um, and the only two people in this film in particular who have any real emotional depth to them, bizarre, well, possibly three, Rocket, Yondu, and Craglin. Yeah. And Craglin is on screen for a grand total of about 10 minutes in yeah. a two-hour, 17-minute film. Yondu is supposed to be uh, uh, an anti-hero who's like a B-string character. Yeah. And Rocket, well, Rocket's an awesome character. Yeah. But, like, you know, they're the only three out of this cast of, you know, primary cast members is even bigger in this than it was in the previous film. Yeah. And yet the only real emotional growth or, or development we see, aside from some between Gamora and Nebula, yeah, it seems a little bit forced. And then there's the... Uh, the whole unspoken thing that just never gets the time to breathe enough to be believable. No, that's because Peter Quill slash fucking Chris Pratt is there yeah. and nothing gets a chance to breathe and develop when that cunt is in the... I really don't like the guy. is in the room. I have a note coming up specifically about him. Oh, just just, just segue straight into that then. Uh, no, because I've got, I've got Rocket one. Oh, okay. And he stole the batteries he didn't need. Yeah. I love Rocket. Also, maybe Quill is that fucking dumb because it takes him... Till that long to realise what Rocket is doing. Yeah. Uh, I need that Ravagers film. Uh, that's Adam Warlock in the birthing pod. Ah, yeah. Who I spoiled myself. Hashtag spoilers if you don't want spoilers. Cover your ears right now. Three, two, one. Uh, Adam Warlock is the big bad in volume three. Yeah. Um, and I was like, hey, that's Adam thingy. The Adam. And I was like, Black Adam. No, way. That was The Rock. That's DC. Yeah. Uh, the other one, Adam Warlock. Um, teenage group we've all been there oh yeah there's a note in the credits no raccoons or tree creatures were harmed during the making of this feature the same cannot be said for handlers of said raccoons and tree creatures <laughs> and that replaces the note where they had previously no animals were yeah. harmed in the making of this film 
I saw that and I was like, that's going in my notes. Um, it's, it's crazy that one of the funnier moments of this film actually happened in the credits. In the end credits, yeah. <laughs> when they tried so hard for two hours or something. <laughs> uh, I think I would like this film a lot more without Chris Pratt. I possibly possibly like by extension. Chris Pratt. Yeah, but even if they replaced him with someone else. David Hasselhoff playing Peter Quill. I just... The Peter Quill character annoys the hell out of me. He's he's dumb as fuck, egotistical, arrogant, stubborn, argumentative, overly sentimental at the wrong times, and just... Literally, if you just take Dom out of that explanation, <laughs> it's like I'm looking at him right here. I knew you. I was writing that note, and I was like, I know exactly what he's going to say. Sadly, you're not dumb as fuck. I'm not... I'm not supposed to be the appealing heart of a motion picture series. I'm not supposed no, to represent... to be the appealing heart of a podcast No, series. that's you. People love autistic people. Oh, they don't like me. I, I'm a sociopath, <laughs> apparently. So I'm not supposed to be liked. He is. He is, as we said earlier, the human element in a film full of aliens and demigods. Yeah. But he's so fucking insufferable that we, we've emotionally attached ourselves to an ugly blue pirate and a fucking raccoon. Okay, a raccoon who goes out of his way at this point by ne- for nearly five hours to be abrasive and dislikable. And yet he is infinitely more likable than the human heart of the film. And I'm just like, just shoot him out of a fucking airlock. Was that your last night? Yes. <laughs> I didn't hate this film as much as I did the first one. But I didn't love it like I do other Marvel films. No. Because of that, it's getting a 6.5. Oh, see, I was clearly feeling... I felt a bit more like it should be a 7. But then I kind of thought about, like, I gave Conan a 7. And I enjoyed Conan way more than this. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's a good point. So 6.5 is about as high as I could possibly go. I I gave it a 7. I'm giving it a 7. Okay. Because Can you convince me to join you on a seven? Probably Go. not. Um, basically, it gets a whole. Well, it gets it gets half a point. It gets the same six points it did before. It gets half a point for Mantis and Drax, yeah, and half a point for Rocket and um, Yondu. All right, you convince me. Give it a seven. <laughs> okay, that didn't take much convincing. No, because you're right. I mean, I did. I think I gave the last one a five. <laughs> so yeah, I, I had to look up my previous score, and it was a six. So, um, I again, I like this film notably more than the previous one. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I but it is still in the in the bottom. It is the shit tier of the MCU as far as I'm concerned. Oh snap! But what you love, believe in it. Positive things will happen. Zoom.